0: Welcome to episode 19 of Inside the Table, a tabletop RPG talk show. A show in which we talk about the craft of tabletop role-playing games. My name is Molly. You can follow me at Mina underscore Lenahan, and my pronouns are he, him. And joining me today is my co-host. Hi there, my name is Cole, and you can follow me at IceColeBrew. My pronouns are he, him, they, them. And we're also joined by a very special guest,
1: Emma. Hi, I'm the very special guest Emma, also known as Emma Panada. I use they she pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Emma Panada or
0: at All the Witches underscore, which is something we'll talk about. Yes, because today we are talking about um, All the Witches RPG, which is an upcoming um, I, a Kickstarter uh, campaign um, supporting a really cool gate, which we'll get into a, in, into it a little little bit. I can't wait to find out more. <laughs> yeah, what could it be, dear listener? Who knows? <laughs> um, but firstly, what's 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 been inspiring us lately? Let's 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 jump into things that we're we we we've been checking out and 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 what's been happening, Cole? What what have you been checking out? I I mean I've been doing the usual
2: thing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been checking out some of the new games that have come out, and I'm checking the new hotness, which is Hi-Fi Rush. A Mm. rhythm character action game, and it's so much fun, the characters are really enjoyable. Uh, 808 is a fucking cutie, and is the best cat. Pray tell who is 808. 808 is a little robotic cat that uh, one of your allies, Peppermint, talks through. And, uh, it's just a little robot cat that, like, shifts forms, and you do combo with cat. Like any good cat. Wait, is the cat your weapon? No, the cat yes. is like a, the cat's like a, a, like a bonus, like a ally that helps you like do different combos depending on what ability okay. you
0: pull. You do extra damage. So I would yeah. say that the cat is a, is a, is a, is a weapon because I, if yeah. you hit when the cat says you hit, you hit more damage. And so. Well, <laughs> all cats <laughs> are kind of weapons anyway.
2: All cats are kind of weapons. I want that as a quote on a shirt. Um. <laughs> uh, but no, you you play Hi-Fi Rush where you play a person who loves music and dreams of being a future rock star. And mm-hmm. he has the best fucking name of Chai. Yeah. Uh,
1: oh, that's a cool name.
2: It's a very cool name. Chai, of course, comes in uh, with a busted arm to this very uh, technologically and like I imagine like Apple, but with a mix of Borderlands mixed in. Mm. And he comes in to get a uh, like a free treatment from this company. And he goes in and gets a brand new arm that's all robotic in order to... His original designation is to do, like, waste management and trash stuff. So his arm comes like a little uh, metal rod. But something happens, and his iPod gets stuck to his chest, essentially, and that becomes a power source.
1: And so that's where everything
2: starts going on a rhythm the entire time.
1: Just
0: like Tony Stark. Just like Tony Stark. He is... Oh, wait, that is... Because Tony Stark's one of his magic powers is probably music, right? He puts on AC/DC, then he can fight <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Makes you think. <laughs>
2: um, but uh, he uh, gets this metal rod, and it, it attracts all kinds of metal to it, and it comes in the shape of like a uh, a guitar. It's like a fuck. I used to know the names these because I was a giant music nerd. Uh, it's like a Fender, right? Yeah, it's like a Fender. It's one of those triangle axe Fenders, legally distinct very legally distinct because it's made of scrap metal, Mm. but you do combos according to the rhythm. And if you hit it perfectly and continue to do like a perfect, uh, input on the rhythm, you do bigger damage and bigger combos. And it's a lot of fun. It's like a nice mix of, uh, like the style of fully Cooley, where everyone's like very, uh, jokey, highly animated. Everything's Mm -hmm. really funny and awkward. And then you got jet set radio where it's a, fantastic soundtrack the entire time. I mean, a little bit of It's make not cry. like
0: Jet Set Radio. I grew up with Jet Set Radio. It's so
2: different. I played Jet Set Radio Future. Yeah, I know. But, like, the, I'm talking about more the music tone for it. I guess. But, uh... <laughs> and also, kind of a little the cell shading now I think about it.
1: Yeah, it looks great. It looks it's great. It's a very pretty game. Is it true? Because, like, I first heard about this with the Microsoft Bethesda conference. Yes. And I think I heard that it had never been shown publicly and they just showed it there and they were like, oh, by the way, this is available right now, which is super yeah. surprising.
2: I th- That sounds right because like, yeah, I never heard about this game. No one heard about this game. And now all of a sudden I can like open Twitch and you'll find no fewer than like five people on my follower list playing it. And then like hmm. three, uh, like 50 to 75 people playing it actively.
0: The The closest I've heard about it before it was released was that like a bunch of journalists who were like oh yeah we're 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 really deep into it we know everything that's going on um they'd heard like tell of the name but they said they didn't know it was going to be released yet or anything like that i'm not yeah. sure if like reviewers already had a preview copy or something like that um but yeah it it, it happened so quickly and it was all out very rapidly which is yeah. absolutely bizarre because like the company that made it also made um ghostwire tokyo which came out last year and it, like, takes so long to make a video game. And I, I think the reason they were able to make this is because they had, like, similar to Pentiment. If you know uh, uh, Pentiment, the Obsidian game, um, had, like, a small team. And so does, like, Hi-Fi Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, the new weird thing from Microsoft and Game Pass where they're able to be, like, take a small team, make something small. It'll be a big thing on Game Pass. People would, would, would really like it. And it's, like, gives them freedom to make something smaller and compact and solid. And, mm. yeah, it's just, like, one of these things that, again, I feel weird about Game Pass. I still feel weird about Game Pass because I don't like the idea of Netflix video games. But <laughs> yeah. it's incredible the stuff that's coming from it. it it's
2: very nice. And, uh, Emma, you were saying something earlier. What did uh, you want to say about the game?
0: I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Well, what have you been checking out? <laughs> what have you, been che- what yeah. games have you been checking out recently? Or, or what inspirations have you been checking out recently? Yeah. <laughs> Me? Yes.
1: Okay. Um, so I I guess I'll start with game first. Um, I've been in a JRPG kick recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm super excited for Final Fantasy 16 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2 this year, mm-hmm. slash early next year. And so just to kind of like get into the mindset, I've been playing a lot of JRPGs and specifically ones that are available for free on PS Plus. Yeah. Uh, so I picked up Tales of Arise um, about like maybe a month ago, month and a half ago, and I just beat it last week. And it was a really fun time. Real great game. I played like one of the Tales games on 3DS way back when. And had a hard time getting into it. But this one, characters were really fun. Um, The world is pretty interesting and engaging. Uh, There are some dark concepts and like deep kind of philosophical concepts about like governments and like power um, and the toxicity of it. And like that power basically corrupts people um, and how to like build a society where there isn't that corruption. But yeah, it was a fun time. And cool. that was kind of my most recent played game. I'm jumping into Kingdom Hearts 3 now. Um, oh good. <laughs> having fun with it so far.
0: Yeah. Have you have you, have you caught up with the 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 tw- 30 other games in the Kingdom Hearts series? I have. Yes. <laughs> I've played all of them
1: and really? beaten all of them. Yeah. Oh my god. I didn't do the mobile game one. That's all um, most of
0: them. Isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I lived in Germany when I was a kid, me and my brothers used to get, like, the PlayStation magazines. And Mm -hmm. the very first kind of public showing of Kingdom Hearts and one of those magazines, like, all of us were just obsessed. Because we were kids, we loved Disney, and we also grew up on Final Fantasy. And Mm -hmm. so this was just a beautiful collaboration. And ever since I've just been obsessed with the game. Uh when Kingdom Hearts 3 first came out, I wasn't in the right headspace to play it. And so I've been putting it off. And then yeah. I just kind of re-downloaded it last night and now I'm having a blast
0: so far. Okay. Who who is your favorite character? Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't like I don't know the Kingdom Hearts lore or anything like that. But which of them are your favorite? Because I've I've been hearing weird things about Donald Duck, who's like the most powerful <laughs> sorcerer ever. Um, Canonically,
1: in like the Final Fantasy universe, I think Donald Duck is the most powerful mm, mage ever. It's broken.
0: <laughs> but who yeah. is who is the best character in Final in in no no in in Kingdom Hearts? In Kingdom Hearts, um, yes.
1: If we're talking original Kingdom Hearts characters, mm-hmm. um i mean i'm trans Kyrie was always like gender envy when i was a kid mm-hmm. um so Kyrie has a special place in my heart as well as aqua um who was in like the psp kingdom hearts game okay um and they're both incredible i think just from a pure character standpoint i love roxas a lot roxas is pretty good is one of my favorites Sad boy. <laughs> A little
2: sad so boy. Sad.
3: <laughs> A little sad
1: spiky hair boy. Yeah. His shoes normal size, not like not like Sora. <laughs> They're still pretty big yeah. comparative to real life. But Marley, what have you been getting inspiration from?
0: I mean at the moment, I, I just learned about two new characters of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. I'm like, I know I know Kiri, I feel Kiri? Is that right? Kairi. Yeah, I know yeah. Kyrie. what's my favorite character. Um, but I just learned about Roxas, the Key of Destiny, the Nobody of Sora. I don't know if there's a spoiler. Apologies if it is. And Aqua.
1: <laughs> I mean, for like a fifteen-year-old
0: game. I was gonna yeah, say, I mean, you know, maybe
1: twenty-year-old game.
0: You're pretty good. Um, um, but yeah, I've been, I have been checking out um, a comic. So, so there was the uh, recent announcement that the DC universe is going to be fixed, hopefully, by James Gunn. Hooray! Fingers crossed. I don't oh, think God. it would be. It sounds like a sl- slightly weird mess, as as is always the case, which kind mm-hmm. of makes it more fun in a lot of ways. Um, but but one of the things that was was talked about was uh, a Superwoman movie. I think the 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 pr- pitch was that it's Superwoman l- watching down from her corner of Krypton as the world was falling apart. Um, but the, the art that was used was from, uh, Billquist Everly, um, for Woman of, uh, Superwoman Woman of Tomorrow. And I've been following, uh, Billquist Everly, uh, the artist for ages and ages. And I was just like, all right, today I'm just gonna, I'm gonna bite the bullet and check out this comic because it looks sick as hell. Like, if you want to just mm. Google Superwoman w- Woman of Tomorrow and see the art, it's like incredibly cool, like really nice, um really nice art like I want to say it's kind of like a 1950s sort of fashion in this really weird way uh but like the story itself is this um like sword and sorcery space thing where like the the pitch is that um a young girl's father is killed by a roaming like um king's agent or something like this it's like a kind of like a bandit sent by the king Um, and so she swears vengeance, she picks up her sword, and looks for an adventurer to help her, and the adventurer she finds is just Superwoman, who's just like, "All right, it's my 21st birthday, I'm gonna go to a planet with a red sun so I can get drunk. And- and then basically gets, like, caught up in this- this whole thing, as she tries to, like, escape this planet to- to, like, you know, get her powers back, because when there's a red sun and there's superwoman, she can't have her powers. Um... And then it just sort of, like, turns into this, like, really interesting, like, focus on, um you know, on, on, on Superwoman as this, like, very strange being who's, like, all-powerful but still, like, vulnerable in certain ways. And just, like, talking about, like, there's, like, a whole issue where it talks about, like, the whole thing about Superman, how, like, Superman, oh, what's the point of writing a Superman story if you can just, like, if Superman can't be stopped? And the point it makes is that, like... The scale just becomes bigger. Like something that is that is as mm. dangerous for a regular person. Like Superwoman still faces that, but it's oh sorry, it's Supergirl. I forgot about Supergirl, this. It's actually yeah. the wrong name. Um Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which is weird. Um <laughs> but it's 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 very interesting. And it talks about like the whole um pacifism aspect of of the the super family and all the rest of it. And it's sort of like challenges that and talks about like the mercy of these characters and it's like an extremely well-written thing it's written by um tom king um who in researching for this like i basically before we started the podcast i looked up like oh what do, what do i know tom king for, from and i don't know tom king from anything but i did find out that uh according to wikipedia uh, uh king interned at both dc comics and marvel comics where he was an assistant to x-men writer uh Chris Claremont, before joining the CIA counterterrorism off uh, unit for after 11 King spent several years as a counterterrorism uh, counterterrorism operations officer for the CIA before quitting to uh, quitting to write his debut novel, A Once Crowded Sky, after the birth of birth of his first child. So it's so weird, <laughs> like what, what a-, a career path. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know when you interned for Marvel and then you joined the CIA and then yeah. go back? <laughs> It's a pretty direct pipeline, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's so weird because it's like writing wise it's very solid um and the art is incredible, but it's it doesn't seem to be pro c i a although I probably have to revisit it and sort of see about that because it is about like a superpowered person coming into to to, del- to bring justice to the world um but Having said that, I really enjoyed that comic. And I think it's worth sort of checking out. And, um, yeah, it's a really cool Superman, super family thing. So shout outs to Superwoman, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And, yeah. That sounds amazing. Is this your first big dive into comics? No, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm always... I'm a sort of a, a weird person comics wise where I've been like kind of like reading very strange comics like I was reading like Alan Moore's run of um of Spawn the 1990s okay. Spawn when I was like six I mm-hmm. like had one issue and I'm like I read it like wow this is really good I really like comics and then I come back like I didn't even realize it was Alan Moore at the time and then I of like come back later I'm like oh my god this is like one of the best spawn comics ever written this is literally cool and so yeah I had a few years of getting into like Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore and stuff and I've always just been my main interactions with comics these days is just like following people on Twitter and just being like wow weird things seem to be happening in the DC universe or mm. what's happening here well like image comics seems good or um image is great Sorry, Thoregood recently made a comic called um, uh, It's Lonely, Lonely at the Center of the World, or something like that, um, which is a really fun comic, which I found through Twitter. And But yeah, I, I mostly just like have a comic thrown in front of me, and I don't have the saturation of comics that I'm always just, whenever I see a comic, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe what they're doing in comics! And I get blown away <laughs> by it. But um, yeah. This does remind me...
2: I. I have them followed, but I've been following, uh, at Blade Maidens, which is a fancy adventure romance during two disaster mercenaries trying to get by, mm-hmm. uh, created by Blankzilla and Valentine Smith. Um, and I keep forgetting to go read it because they have some really, really pretty imagery for their, uh, their characters. And it keeps popping up in my feed every now and then. Cause I, I think they just post them online. Yeah, they both yeah. all their comics on it their specific website. Is that Blade Maidens, did you say? At Blade Maidens. Yeah.
0: It's a it's a web comic. Yeah. Which I think you were saying earlier that you would check it out. Yeah, it looks really cool. Oh yeah. That and I got a uh,
2: what's his name? Steven follow follows well, he did the uh, Harley comic for DC.
3: Oh, yeah. He and his wife mm. do some
2: really cool work. Cool. Uh, she's doing the one about, uh, I was about to say Loki. I'm like, no, that's super fucking wrong. It's like Hades and Persephone. Uh That's basically Loki. Yeah, that's basically Loki. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Linda Cedric is working on, uh, another comic series, and they both just got into, like, 3D modeling recently. Oh, Punderworld, that's the name of the one I was thinking
0: of. Well, speaking of World, tell me about Fluspoken. Oh yeah, forspoken. God. <laughs> great connection. Yeah, great segue. What are Perfect. you thinking about that
1: world, huh? Just like Marvel to the CIA. <laughs> smooth as butter.
0: Uh well, have you seen those 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 Captain America films?
3: Yeah. That's what it's all about. You know,
0: you're right. You're right. <laughs> but
2: yeah. Uh, forspoken? I saying stance about the game. The movement is fun. I just got a new series of abilities. And Mm -hmm. now I have to figure out how to like chain connect them between like the original set and now my close combat set. Mm -hmm. And I also have to Mm -hmm. figure out what enemy type I'm fighting to find out what they're weak against. So it's like another aspect to it. But the most important thing is I have another uh, thing I can do for movement, which is basically the uh, like Titanfall to grapple hook
1: thing.
0: (gasps) Oh, nice. Don't make me want to play this game.
2: Yeah, well, it's not. The tit- I guess it's not the Titanfall two. It's more like the Legend of Zelda grapple hook, but like you can chain them <laughs> and slow. It slows down mid air and any surface you can just latch on, swing over to, and just continue running and sprinting and doing parkour.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, no, I just I want to find a nice big open area and just run the entire length of the map because it's it's the best part about the game so far. The story is still eh.
0: I was going to say, because, because all right, the, there's a whole Twitter controversy about Spoken, whatever people who are on Twitter or want to look back at the history of Forspoken can check that out, but you said before that you had a series of games that you absolutely want to finish. Is Forspoken one of those?
2: On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I need to finish, 1 being I, this can wait, mm-hmm. It's it's moving, it's, it's going from, <laughs> like, a seven down to like a four at this point. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those kind of games where like you grind to you progress the story so you get all the abilities you want and then you just say fuck it and you just go around and you beat up uh the break creatures that are all around and you just kind of do f- sick flips and like parkour over city officials mm-hmm. who all call you like a demon child because you don't get infected
0: like they do.
1: Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Who doesn't want to parkour over city officials?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Am I right, uh, uh parkour official out there? <laughs> you didn't see him, but they all did, like, a
2: sick flip off a building they had no business being off on. a police officer. Yeah. They went up to a cop car, jumped off the wheel, <laughs> slid over the lights, took one of the lights and kept running.
0: And the police tried to chase him, but they can't, because they're already on top of a building or something. I don't know how <laughs> the parkour works, I think that's how it works. Um, Faith from Mirror's Edge, just doing like a swan dive. Yeah, um, uh. I, I have heard that. Forspoken isn't actually that long, though. I heard it's like, I heard it's twenty hours. This is this is this is third-hand information or whatever. But apparently, if you just keep playing it, you might finish it quite quickly. It's like not as long as you would think it is. I don't know if that'll help, but that's a thing I heard. That that makes sense because I don't know how long they can push
2: the story. <laughs> that they have going for them, but also I'm like, yeah, they fucking push this game out as quick as possible because people probably weren't ready to wait for, it and they need to make sales now. Won't be the first time I've heard of a studio doing that.
1: Won't be the last.
2: Yes, you
0: know?
1: Square Enix keeps doing that, and I wish they would pace themselves.
0: With mm-hmm. Square Enix, who did Quiet Man? Do people know Quiet Man? Quiet I don't Man. know Quiet Man. Quiet Man was a very weird game that they made, which is like this this uh live action um it's I like to, a cross to... between FMV and fighting game, but it was very bad. Um and the the gimmick was that it's it's it, it centers around um a, a person who 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 cannot hear. And so the whole thing is there is no sound in the whole game. They're just basically PS2 menu sounds is this like as you sort of like fight <laughs> and so like and the thing about that is there's full dialogue scenes and you just kind of sit there there's like scenes with music there's scenes with all these things um, and I don't know if it's Square Enix or I'm just kind of throwing this out there um, but uh no. Published by Square Enix, developed by Human Head Studios. This seems like this seems like this kind of thing that they're just like we have to release a game. Let's make this um... critically panned upon its release, with the complaints stemming from issues with the
2: story, the underdeveloped gameplay sequences, and the hmm. lack of commitment displayed towards the deafness gimmick. In response, yeah. to the audio was restored in a post-release update as an optional feature.
0: I think it's like a DLC or something, or like you have to finish the game and wait a certain amount of time, and then you can replay the whole game again with audio. Oh my gosh! And it was absolutely weird. I've watched it twice. It's like one of these things that I never play. It. It's like my Bloodborne thing, where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I I never want to play it, but but I would watch two playthroughs of it, and I have, <laughs> and it's wild. It's such a strange thing. Um, you'll notice if you look at the cover of it on Wikipedia. Um, there is a picture of the Quiet Man uh there is a picture of a woman who is either his love interest or his mother it's the same actress um and then there's also a picture of a crow face person who is the villain i think it's kind of unclear (laughs) yeah i i I don't like the implications of the (laughs) head yeah it's a weird game incredible and then imagine like approaching all of that just watch this thing without any sound like is that is that the mom is is that the love interest what is happening here yeah extremely odd um but yeah shout out to Square Enix for making absolutely bonkers games. Yeah. Um occasionally. Yeah. Um speaking of Emma, <laughs> what are you what else have you been checking out? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I'm going to I'm going to bundle these two together cuz okay. they're very different but also similar in a way that will become readily apparent. Okay. Um so as mentioned, I'm developing a game called All the Witches. It's a TTRPG, but mm. because of that I like to consume witch-related media when I'm able to. That's Mm. not um, the transphobic and, like, terrible one. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, There's racist one as well. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of problems with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But recently, I had watched some of the Owl House before, but I hadn't, like, caught up to it. and. Few weeks ago, I ended up binging through all of it. Right now, they're kind of so the show was canceled, but Disney is letting them make like three episodes of th- season three, where each of them is like a forty-five minute special, basically, mm-hmm. just to kind of like tie up the story, which is nice. I would have loved like a thousand seasons of Owl House, but getting to have like a resolution to the story is great. And yeah. the episodes are releasing, like, kind of a month apart, basically. Mm-hmm. And they've been incredible. And I love the show so much. It's really imaginative. It's a really it's so good. <laughs> cool take on witches and, like, fantasy. If you haven't watched it, I'd highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing that I've gotten into, like, yesterday was there's this manga called Witch Hat Atelier atelier mm-hmm. atelier mm-hmm. i don't know if it's supposed to be pronounced like french i think it's at atelier atelier um i'm going to google it pronounce thank I'll you look. thank you um but i've heard about this manga i've seen it around the art is absolutely incredible and i love it and i've wanted to get into it for a while but i just haven't and then on saturday a friend of mine um We met up, and we ended up going to a mall that had a Barnes & Noble in it, and we were walking around the manga section, as a couple of queers do, and I saw this kind of the manga series, and I was like, oh, I've heard, like, great things about this, it's something I really want to check out, and my birthday is next month, and so my friend was like, happy birthday, and then bought Hmm. me the first volume. So That's really nice. Is so nice. Uh, Shout out to Stella Luna. Thank you. (laughs)
3: Um,
1: But yeah, so I ended up just kind of tearing through the first volume and basically it's set in this fantasy world where witches are very scarce and Mm -hmm. uh, magic is kind of plentiful around the world, but most of society can't access it because witches kind of protect the magic. Um, And this girl the main character is obsessed with magic and a witch kind of comes to her little like farm village um, looking for something and she ends up seeing the secret to how magic is cast and that it's actually can be cast by anybody but they keep it a secret so that society basically doesn't collapse into war um and so some stuff happens and she goes with him to learn magic and it's this really cool story, again, the art is just beautiful, I really love the characters so far, and I'm really excited to read more. Um, mm. But those are kind of the witchy things I've gotten into recently.
0: And uh, it is Atelier. Atelier! Atelier. The, depending on whether you're British or American, according to, to Google, you put emphasis on different syllables, but as an Australian, I'm just gonna say Atelier, but it, okay. is, it is that pronunciation.
2: The trick is no matter what both pronunciations are wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Neither are French. I need to pick that
2: up cuz I I I remember like seeing like images of it whenever I would get recommended uh cuz I I love like the the stories about like uh learning responsibility and uh deep political intrigue and such. I'm terrible mm. at storytelling for that, but like I kept seeing art for which hat atelier uh atelier And I kept putting it off and now I probably need to go buy my local bookstore and see if they have, they probably have it in my library, actually. Yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah. Get your local library card, y'all.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would also say that it's really good that they are appearing in books, bookstores nowadays. Like I went to a bookstore yesterday and was just like, oh yeah, there's just a comic and manga section, which like 10 years ago, there absolutely was not. Like, and before that, you have to probably, like, you know, import it from somewhere or something or other or find, mm-hmm. like, a specific manga store. And mm-hmm. it's it's kind of cool that it's spreading out like that. And uh, also, just to jump back on Owl
2: House as well, too. Owl House is so, like, a lot of fun to watch. I love this it's show. It's so good.
1: It, it's so good.
2: And uh, Dana Terrace actually... Um, so one thing I didn't find out until after I started watching Owl House for a bit was once she worked on Gravity Falls with Alex Hirsch and also is in a relationship with Alex. But uh, oh,
1: I didn't know that. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. No, they they work on it together. I think Alex is the voice of King. Oh, I could be super fucking wrong about that. Give me a second. Uh, no, wait, he's on the stars <laughs> list. Okay, yeah, no, he's King. Good That's kills. so cool. But yeah, no, she like worked on a whole bunch of uh, shows with him. And then she also was p- director for the uh, reboot of DuckTales. Duck with- really? Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Which I finished watching with my uh, fiance like sometime in the middle of last year and loved it. It's it's such a fun reimagining. I'm she mm. only did six episodes, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And she talks a lot on uh, the Twitter space. And is very vocal about how pissed she is. With, yeah, uh, I've I've loved
1: the energy. Yeah, need more of that in the. We just need more of that.
3: We do. Mm-hmm.
1: The only thing I know about the new Ducktales is um, Danny Pooty's interview with David Letterman.
3: No, it was, uh,
1: it was it was it uh, was uh, Larry King. Larry King, that's who it is. Yeah, and Larry's like, "What's your favorite like luxury?" And Danny's like, I like socks, you know? And he's kind of talking about socks, and Larry's talking about, like, no, a luxury, like, a private plane. And Danny just looks at him, and he's like, Larry, I'm on ducktails. Yeah.
0: It's just... It's so... Good. It's great, because it's like, that's the exact delivery. It's so funny. Also, like, I will say that uh, uh, Cole has been talking about Owl House before. This is like a, a friend of the show, at Owl House. Have you not watched it, Marley? I've seen like the first episode, but okay. I've been I've been very engrossed in specifically Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and so I haven't I haven't had a chance to check it out further. But I keep gotcha. like There's so many shows out there, and that kind of thing. There are, mm.
1: but here's what you can do. I'm gonna give you a pro tip. Yes. While you're sitting reading Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, you could put owl house on your tv and then multitask
0: once upon a time this is something that i would do and i don't know how this is like something that that teenaged molly was was capable of just sitting like okay i'm gonna read a book i'm gonna read a book listen to something listen to some music and also watch a film at the same time but now i don't know what it is i don't know if it's tiktok i'm not even on tiktok but presumably it's tiktok um uh, shake fist at TikTok. Um, but I can't do it anymore. And I'm like, I'm like a big podcast person. And so I just like love listening to podcasts, but I'm also a writer. So I'm just like, mm. I, ca- I have to choose which of these things I want to do. And I would like, <laughs> it's easy to listen to a podcast. Yeah. But I, d- I don't have the ability anymore to listen to multiple things at once. Dang. And that's so sad. Uh, it's, 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 it's do it. TikTok. I keep telling you. Um, but yeah, it's also like a thing where I want to read more. But I always find whenever I start reading something, I get, like, so engrossed with it. And I'm like, oh, I gotta write something. This makes me think of something mm. I want to do. And I'm just like, damn it. I was, I, like, went four pages in that. <laughs> like, I've had, I've, I've had, I've had, like, so many books, and I'm, like, four pages in. So, I wish, I wish my brain worked like that. And if you have any solution to that, please write in, or please tell me. But yeah, let's, let's easily transition from that over to tabletop RPGs we've been talking about. Yeah. So, 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 Emma, you have four of them. So, why don't, you, why don't you start with that and we'll sort of jump around? What's what, what tabletop RPGs have you been checking out? Oh, gosh. Do you want me
1: to just do one at a time? Uh, whatever you like. Just pick free form. It's jazz,
2: baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Which I still need to play the jazz game from uh,
0: River House Games. Yes. What a fucking weird game. I love it. Oh, it was a bloody cold. But yes, this is a really good, there's a bunch of probably really good Riff uh, House games. But yes, please tell us.
1: Yeah, so um, I have four things. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Never. Um, no. <laughs> I do like these self-promo Saturday posts on the All the Witches account and people post so many cool projects. So I was just like, oh, I'll just pull some things from there. Mm-hmm. And then I had like six and I asked, how many do you usually have? And you both were like, oh, just like one or two.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were like four at the most. We would never do more than four. And you were like, well, yeah. that's 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 permission. <laughs> yeah, I'll,
1: I'll try to go quick. So no, no. Um, no, take your time. There's this creator based in the UK um, with his company called Hatchlings, <laughs> where they've made some incredible projects in the past. I first uh, came to know them through their Kickstarter um, in Spear Isles. I don't know if mm-hmm. you all have heard of that. It's basically a TTRPG set in a fantasy world where to use like spells and things, you have to use ASL. Oh, and yes, And the book yes. basically teaches you ASL. I heard about and, this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's super freaking cool. Yeah. And they've had a couple of other projects on Kickstarter funding and doing really, really well for themselves. They have a new one coming up called Cryptid Creeks, which who doesn't love cryptids? And. Creeks. And creeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our new creek game is out?
0: Holy shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, the new creek game. So. <laughs> you basically oh. play as like kids or teenagers um, trying to save your town with the help of like a cryptid and exploring kind of this cryptid lore of the small mm. town that you're in. Um, and using it to just kind of, like, save your town. And it sounds super cool. The little promotional art they have for it so far is really amazing, and I'm in love. Yeah. And I'm so, so, so excited to see more, because this creator is just so good at everything they touch.
0: This, like, uh, to speak to the, for for podcast listeners, the the current promotional image is um, a, a cool little boat sort of moving along, and then there's, like, I want to say sort of like a Loch Ness kind of thing underneath, Mm. Um and it looks really good. I think for some reason it makes me think of Monster Trucks, the movie about a monster who goes inside of a truck and I think <laughs> helps save a small town.
2: Well, weirdly enough, uh, this game is actually unashamedly inspired by the Goonies 1985. It's I'm I'm on their hatchlings project page right now looking at it, and I, oh, nice. I love the little blurb they put in about like It's a personal project for the creators. Uh, Whatever your background or age, we hope themes such as friendship, discovery, rebellion, and hope are shared by gaming groups everywhere.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely
0: keep your eye on this project. I think it's going to be really fun and special. Mm -hmm. Also keep an eye on monster trucks, because I feel like if someone plays the monster trucks campaign of this, um, which is, again, about a monster who climbs (laughs) inside the shell of a truck, and then does cool stunts because it's a monster rather than a truck <laughs> in order to save a, a town being damaged by a fracking company. Yeah. Then that would be really fun. But anyway, keep an eye on that project.
2: <laughs> yeah. Real quick, I also want to shout out one of their other uh single player games. It's a journaling game called Dragon Dowser where um,
1: yeah, it's so cool. It looks
2: really cool. Like I love this cover art of just like finding uh you're basically like finding the last dragon eggs. Uh, oh, wow. And searching exploring the world while protecting them from the attention of a tyrannical ruler. And it comes with, like, a nice mm-hmm. little deck of cards and a, a very cute, well-designed journal. And look at this character art on the bottom, too. Here. I actually yeah. share the
0: page. I mean, if you Google Dragon Delza hatchling game, you should be able to come up with it. But yeah. it's yeah. incredible art here. But yeah, no, I remember hearing about this and, like, there was, like, a huge, uh,
2: really nice talk about, like, how... Uh, these kind of games can be great teaching materials and such. I know a lot of folk, uh, like I have a friend of mine who does geek therapy. She's a social worker here in uh, Texas, and she is working on like including more tabletop RPGs to uh for group therapy reasons, help people process. And it's asked me for like some two player tabletop RPGs to uh process like trauma and grief and things like that. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. There's like fifty fucking journaling games all covering that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um you also have uh you you have some really cool games that so I was like reading through them. Tell us yeah. more. <laughs> oh
1: tell you more about my, my other games. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next one, uh, I'm gonna shout out my mother's kitchen. Yes,
0: I've seen this picture.
1: It's so cool. It's, so it's a cool. zine that's happening because of Zine Quest, uh mm. which is like this big kind of Uh, event that happens every February where people just try to get their zines funded on like Kickstarter or Crowdfunder Mm. or wherever other um, platforms they want to use. This is made by someone who I immensely love. Uh, They are helping me play test all the witches and they just have an incredible energy and creativity. And my mother's kitchen is just such a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a solo journaling game about traditions, change and cookings. You basically play as the author of like your family's cookbook. Um, and you're robbed of memory and trapped on earth as the spirit of your cookbook. And you act as like a guardian for your family and try to remember why you're bound to the book as you guide your inheritors through centuries and generations of like recipes. And like it's so, so cool if you fund it at like a certain level. Um, Fleet will, who's the creator, will like include a recipe card for like one of their own Aww. family recipes. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so homey, it's so cool. The cover was done by another friend of mine, Fabs, um, who's yeah. at Rocket and Pens. And it's just so, so, so good. It was just like it hit the funding goal today, which yeah. is freaking amazing. And I'm so hyped for them. Um, but absolutely still check it out if you can yeah and it as of this recording it still has 22 days left to fund as
2: well too so probably by the time it comes out i'll have like 17 uh no wow i can count uh 19 days left to of uh crowdfunding left as well it's such a pretty looking game um Mm. am i right in saying the fleet's family edition comes with a free spoon no that's just the card sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's just a card. Damn yeah. it! Damn it. <laughs> I think I needed That's the design spoon. of the recipe. That'd be so cool if <laughs> you just like get a free like little spoon to come with the game. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah I would love dope. that. Yeah. I, it would be a, a, just a shipping. And how would you get us? Is there someone who makes custom spoons? Like more people than you think. <laughs> I would just go to Walmart, put it in the package. Yeah, I mean you have to buy in bulk or something because that's still expensive anyway. Yeah.
2: I mean you could probably buy like a whole like shit ton of spoons from like IKEA and then get one of those like little uh what do they call them where you basically weld or burn onto metal in order to put like a design mm. on it, something like that, or like something
0: cheap like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely doable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess to to pivot off of that and to continue on with the design quest thing I've been uh checking out um tangled blessings a little bit by uh Cassie mothwin um mm. uh this is this is this is another sort of like uh witch school um kind of game and um I first became familiar with with cassie mothwin um through some of her uh like system agnostic things uh she wrote um something called i want to say tangled blessings but I know that's wrong because this is the thing we're currently talking about. Would yeah.
2: it be What Crooked Roots, the 15 Terrifying uh, Role-Playing Scenarios?
0: Yeah, there's, like, uh, I think I think Cassie has tweeted previously that, like, Roots and sort of, like, Tangled Vines are, like, a recurring theme in a lot of her um, horror games. Um, but I, I basically came across, like, What Crooked Roots um, a, a while ago. And as a person who sometimes, like, dabbles in writing uh, are, like systemless supplements and stuff like that, I'm just like, what crooked roots seems like the gold standard for me. It's it's incredibly cool. It's like almost like little like witches style short stories. They're very short, they're very cool and it's just like it would be just so much fun to throw them in. They're incredibly well written. Um and um basically this is another thing that was launched for um sorry what tangled uh, roots was no tangled blessings damn it. I cannot <laughs> Tangled Blessings what crooked roots is two separate games. <laughs> <laughs> the Tangled Roots Blessings. was uh was released on uh Crowdfunder for, for, for Zion Month and um is is basically a two-player game. I believe it's it's based off of the anamnesis uh, system by Samantha Lee or Lai? Lay?
2: Yeah, Samantha Lee, if I remember right. Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's
0: Lee. It's just like, yeah. I knew a person called Lee, so I'm gonna go with that. Um but it's it's a basic game between um two rivals going up against each other it's like um they can be a best friend they can be a family member they can be an actual rival or whatever um and it just sort of describes it's like a solo game or a game for two players in which you're sort of going up against your rival to achieve greatness to achieve like the backstory for this is it's heavily inspired by graduate school uh which is very funny. Oh, and so gosh, it seems like so good. it's two people trying to get like like tenure or something. <laughs> and it's 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 very fun. It's it's very funny to sort of come across. Um it it has uh, basically a bunch of uh prompts taken from um like it's the tarot decks, it both encourages it both like provides some uh uh suggested uh, suggested sort of events, but also encourages you to like take elements from the cards themselves and also look up the meanings for them in order to tell this story.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, um, mm-hmm. It
0: was a submission to Anamnesis
2: Jam, which is yeah, the anamnesis. Game. anamnesis.
0: Anamnesis. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Anamnesis Jam <laughs> by Samantha Lee. It's French. It's not. Oh, God, my
0: French grandmother is rolling right now, knowing I can't speak French. <laughs> She's alive. Yeah. <laughs> um and and yeah it's it's a really cool game i'm extremely excited like um it has like a bunch of prompts for suggesting like what your rival could be um and my absolute favorite is like it basically has uh one for each of the cards and it says like to meet all 22 rivals check uh tangled blessing um but there's one which is like the frigid poet which is about um your rival is deeply spiritual and often talked in abstracts about the blessings they've been given but there's something duplicitous in the nature and then it has this really great final uh line which is during a guided meditation se- session your rival soul slipped from their body briefly after an hour faculty members were able to rejoin the body and soul but your rival refused to speak on the matter only uttering once under their breath these grounds are swimming in ghosts they've never been the same and it's just like this is the kind of writing that i really really enjoy like this is this is what kathy's been uh sorry Cassie uh has been doing and it's it's incredible and it's like really sort of cool to see this it looks so cool I want to play a witch graduate student
1: trying to get (laughs) tenure
0: (sighs) yeah (laughs) it seems stressful (laughs) that's my thing (laughs) um but yeah it's it's like one of these things that I'm like like there have been like a bunch of games like um um that have sort of been really released around this time um basically in in response to the shitty fucking uh, a wizard school video game that's coming out, and it's so interesting to see like how people like respond to things differently and take influences from all these different areas mm-hmm. and sort of combine them. And so it's it's really interesting in that way for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. uh What else have been people have been checking out? Cole.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of still hovering around the same realm I have been, which is like sci-fi stuff. I specifically went to mm. check out a game that's been in my. Uh, on my library for a while called a uh, CU space cowboy by Tidal wave games, who have a huge team of really cool people. Uh, Jensen Toprezer, uh made of 10 did world design and writing. Jackie King did cover art uh, and Mitch Speck and Tyler Hogarty did interior art as well. It's a, like a, a uh, uh, cowboy bebop style tabletop RPG mm. uh, uses a, A couple D6s for the system. And it looks a lot of fun. You're just kind of like you are. They do the same thing that I think uh, Orbital Blues does, which is when you make your session zero, you're pitching your pilot episode. Essentially, that's how you're coming up with your characters, all their interactions, uh, setting up how you travel. And um, you kind of work through that. There are talents and they can be as wide or as specific as you want to. They give a lot of recommendations uh the more specific it gets, the higher the die is, but the more open it is, the lower the die is. It's really interesting. it's uh it's a fun looking game overall. And uh mm. like even going through all the art, it's very cowboy bebop esque. And I've also been on like a Trigun uh kick as well. I've been watching Trigun Stampede. It's yeah.
1: gonna that, be like, is it because of the new show? It's because show? of the
2: new Trigun. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it looks so good. Like that's one of it's the things that so again don't follow. Nice. Or, I don't follow anime that much, but I saw the trailer for that. I'm like, that's really good art. Mm-hmm. This it's is, is cool really
1: pretty 3D animation. It's so yeah. pretty.
0: Uh,
2: they also have like a system for like when you fail rolls out of four or below, you get something called juice. And uh, yeah, no juice is basically like a uh, a way for you to uh, re-roll or get mm-hmm. like a little extra bonus into your role and turn it into a partial success instead of a full failure. Um, my minor note is I kind of wish the layout was a little bit different. I kind of wish it started off with a, a bit more explanation of like how the dice rolls work instead of going straight into character creation. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it, it takes me a little bit to like read it. I don't know if that's just my eyes just starting to fail me at this point in time or, uh, or if it's the layout itself, but like, it's a very pretty game and I like the theme behind it. I like the, st- the, 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 the setup for it. The style is very nice. Mm. And
0: uh, yeah, the fonts are incredible. I will say, yeah, like I really like, cause it is just the font from Cowboy Bebop. It looks like it feels very much like the, the ending thing for that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's the one tabletop
2: RPG I was able to check out. I, uh, I honestly, I should be looking at more for a quest this month, but, mm. you know. It's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. So, Zine quest, Zine month is very nice. Uh, Plus one experience is currently like uh, giving resources in their discord about like how to set up for scenes and how to pitch and mm. orient them. And it's really cool. I like discords that, like, provide mm-hmm. resources for people to be able to write and build their own games. So there was, like, a huge, long discussion in that discord today.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Who else has got a
0: game? Yeah. Should I talk about my other two? <laughs> yes. I think, I think, so, So currently, the scores are for people watching. Uh, Cole had one, which is CU Space Cowboy. I have two. Uh, and Emma still has two remaining, but had four. So. Yeah, I'm crushing it. But you chose four. This isn't me. This is normal. Yeah. Thing. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> There's just so many cool things. There are so many cool games. Um, yeah. So this one's not a game, but it's game adjacent. Um okay. So I'm counting on. I'm counting it. Um. So the project manager for all the witches is uh, Ilana Knight <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> also known as Rue. Shout out to Rue. I love Rue. They're great. So Rue's working on this design for. Um, called splat number four frights it's basically um a collection of like easy to read like essays about um different topics and stuff um all of the topics included in this is about how to run horror mm-hmm. like ttrpgs um and how to r- run them well and respectfully and just everything um It's probably better just to read the little kind of description. Um, Splat 4 Frights is a zine focused on how to safely and meaningfully play with horror and TTRPGs. It includes eight eerily informative essays about the monstrous (laughs) and the human, history and ritual, as well as safety and design. And it just sounds so cool. Everybody working on it. Oh, Josephine's working on this as well. Love, Mm -hmm. Joe. Everybody working on it is just so freaking talented and amazing is it hold on is this j
0: dragon yeah there too? is
1: j
2: dragon there is uh josephine
1: at scary dog
2: friend who mm-hmm. uh i actually missed the chance of meeting at for uh, pax u but we were very excited mm-hmm. we we're gonna start running games with Gehenna gaming so we can get the there's also Norden Ali kadir who is a fantastic writer and has written games such as uh into the motherlands uh helped write mnemonica weaver's almanac the mm-hmm. uh like a whole bunch of variety uh showed up on shows for this is incredible this looks amazing yeah showed up on shows <laughs> for again again chromatic ch- chimera uh table goth faith forge academy like these this is like another all star cast of people who I'm like yeah they're fantastic and again Rue is on there Rue of course I actually am in a show with called fire in the dark over at Huntsman's Hydra oh no way yeah. Z plays a uh, whisper named uh, Crow, and I forget their other their actual character's name, but fucking horrifying and great at the same time. Just like little quiet, mm. like creepy tones. It's fantastic. If just mm, really good. The season finale especially hit hard, and like a whole bunch of other cool names on here too. Yeah, it looks
0: great, especially as someone who's 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 played a bunch of horror games and knows that like it's kind of hard to get that right. So a lot of the time, so, like, so to keep it safe, like that's, it's absolutely a game where you have to be like, all right, we're going to go through serious topics and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah,
1: there. Yeah.
2: Uh, there are some like podcasts I don't really like watching. Uh, I really loved watching that did horror really well. Kahena gaming is one of the networks that typically leans into the horror. Mm-hmm. They do a uh, mothership a few times. if I remember, right. They've done that one, a couple, uh, Caryn yeah. Comfort Studios are getting ready for a Vampire: The Masquerade actual play, but they did a really cool Monster Hearts Two actual play where uh, all the cast were members of Hades, the game.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Oh, it's Who is the werewolf? Uh,
2: they they did uh they did custom playbooks to kind of reflect the okay. uh <laughs> like the different <laughs> character types everyone had. Um, yeah. It is yep. Monster Heart Two, still a very horny game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it's like also Philly by Night, Vancouver by Night, which are all Vampire the Masquerade aps. Philly um, mm-hmm. by Night, especially, it's a all uh, uh, POC led like show, ran by mm. uh, Dimples and Dice, who is a fantastic game uh,
1: game master for that. Cool games. Cool games. Cool games. Splat,
0: Splat Frights.
1: Splat Frights uh, is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it mm-hmm. has 11 days to go. I don't know how many that'll be by the time this comes out, but it'll still
0: be going. About seven-ish, eight-ish. It's weird with time zones. I think probably so three days comes out on Thursday.
1: So eight. It'll be eight, eight, yeah. Eight
0: days left. So if yeah. everyone listens to this, please please support it. There's some really cool stuff in there.
1: They've got a little under 40% um until they fund. And mm. I'm pretty sure they'll hit that because generally there's a huge bump in getting funding your last couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Get it while it's hot. Uh, my other game is a game I just discovered like a couple weeks ago in one of my self promo Saturday posts. And mm-hmm. like I've gotten to really love the creator and also just the project is a ama- man
0: is amazing. Oh, I've seen this. Yes, yeah. It's so oh, this cool. Is, you have... You, oh, yeah, please talk about this. This is... this. Yeah. Is, I love this. Yeah,
1: so Witchbound, I'm pretty sure this is the creator's, like, first big project, which is also really exciting, Um, because they just kind of posted, and they are like, Witchy Games, and shared their stuff, and I was like, hell yeah, Witchy Games, and then we've kind of, like, hyped each other up ever since then a bit. And it's a solo kind of adventure game where you're going through these different areas that are freaking beautifully illustrated, just trying to discover like the secrets of this kind of island and the history of being a witch and just awakening your own powers. And if, I mean, all of you, it's currently on Game Found to back, mm-hmm. but if you just look through the project page just all of the art all the layout like the books and everything that come with it Mm -hmm. just look fantastic um people who have playtested the game and gotten like review copies and stuff are all raving about it and then also it's raised a hundred and two thousand dollars which is (laughs) huge so i'm excited to see
0: what all they do with it so um, they're nearly at their goal, so please support them and try and get them over that, that $200,000 Yeah, let's get them over
2: there. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, let's keep moving the field goal back, because, yeah, I'm looking at what their original goal was. <laughs> Jesus. Their original goal was what, like 15 k Yeah, 15 k They're currently yeah. at 680% funded. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wish I had 680% yeah.
2: more funds in my pocket.
1: <laughs> but this game is just beautiful. Uh, the creator is just so freaking nice and really mm. passionate about this game, and highly recommend getting into it while you can, um, and supporting it now. But yeah, I'm really excited for this. I think I backed it like the first or second day,
0: mm. and I'm I'm hyped. <laughs> it's so cute. I came across it ba- basically because I think someone shared like a an image of how it works. And I just saw this mechanic, and I'm like, this is incredible because like the general thing is is various points of interest are like on the map like it has like a person uh it says pedal like 38 or carry 45 in Marin mm-hmm. 33 and I believe that the they have like little things that say like oh what they would say normally um but you can also use items and spells and prompts to add a digit to that like so if you have like the on this thing it has gloves too. And so you basically move two in front of the number. So, like, 245. And you see what happens when you use, like, like, uh, 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 gear on the item. Yeah. And so you can use, like, mm-hmm. a lockpick on a door and stuff like that. And it's just, like, such a really clever way of approaching, like, this. I don't know, even know what to call it. Like, I want to say it's, like, uh, like, where's Wally? Or it's, like, a. Uh, Sorry, where's Waldo? That's the American thing. (laughs) Or, like, the uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, where you basically have a list of places you can go. But it's just, Mm -hmm. like, from a design perspective, this is incredible. Um, Yeah. I'm very blown away by it. It's so cool. Highly...
1: I mean, I recommend all the projects I've brought up, but if you can only check out one, like, take a look at this, because it's it's so
0: cool just from a mechanical standpoint just just check out the 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 things that are there just because that seems so fun
1: yeah there are also like youtube videos and stuff of people like reviewing and walking through the game and talking about it um so definitely check those out as well i would love to see a game jam about it too just because like
2: i've seen the supplements being written up by people i'm like thinking about like how other people could like do a combination of just like making their own little uh, uh supplements for that uh map that it has on each story part too.
0: It's fun. It's, fun. it's I'm really excited for it. And like the promo visual uh video starts off with like a uh visual novel kind of thing, <laughs> which is very funny. Yeah, it's funny. like a little like dialogue. <laughs> and it's
1: real cool. But Marley, what's your last project?
0: The very last one is is a thing by friend of the show, uh Riley Daniels. Um, which is basically not a it's a it's a thing that's in in, in playtest. It's very early on. Um, but it is based on the trophy system, which is a game about like like treasure hunters and 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 and, and people who have horrible things happen to them. I think like the original system calls um like the Witcher, uh, it calls um What's that bloody game? There's like a uh a Southern Gothic game or something. Bloodborne. Old old I mean, probably Bloodborne, that probably counts, but <laughs> old gods of Appalachia, um, and stuff like that. Um, and and Riley basically, who has previously worked on As a Sun Forever Sets, which is one of my um all-time favorite games, um, which is about um Martians and stuff in uh like surviving martians and surviving a post-apocalyptic thing in in hg wells's like uh uh uh, war of the world's england um and yes so 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 has basically made a game that is kind of alien like alien um the franchise Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i basically like saw the tweet about it and i like went on this big like look at all this wild stuff in it and i was absolutely blown away by it um it is it is absolutely like beautifully set out um it feels like it, it it feels like a um it feels like a document from from alien isolation mm. um that mm. game uh i was given like a a copy of the the play test document the the um that kind of thing and um it starts with a audio log that gets cut off um and yeah it's it's a really interesting game it has a lot of very strange items in it like you can like you have various sort of skills and like areas of, of expertise and you have items that you can get if you have that that area of expertise mm-hmm. and so for instance if you're good at conflict you can get sunglasses um, uh, because they help out in all kind of fight scenes and stuff like that it is also a game that sort of to- uh, talks about um like like some of the character options in it are things where you can be the android. You can be a person who is who is changed by the strange things in space. And it's not just like, okay, here is here is the humans versus the aliens and stuff like that. It just sort of encourages like a more like a different view of this this um of the kind of roles you can play in this game, which I'm like, hell yeah, this is really cool. Again, it's very early on. Um mm-hmm. but it's it's absolutely beautiful yeah. and really cool to check out.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the uh, player principles right now, which Mm. uh, I always love looking at games player principles because it really does help, like, fill the tone and give you an idea. Um, Mm. And just, like, the main bold text here caught my eye of just, like, be curious, play to live, play to die. Because, like, I make the joke a lot, especially when I play Forge in the Dark games. I like to speed run my characters.
3: Mm. You know? Mm.
2: And uh, I think it's fascinating that, like, this is a continuing theme for Riley as well. Of just like quick play, like your character will die. Get ready, and make another one.
0: It is, but it's it's also like as you were saying with the the play to live and the play to die. It's it's so refreshing because like as someone who's like checked out um, uh, Morkbog and stuff like mm. that, and how mm-hmm. how how those games are very intentionally like your character will die and all the rest of it. This one, this one is is very like in the player principles, very distinctly not like play your character like a stolen car. It's more like yeah. your characters matter and you have to be very like careful with them and this sort of thing, which is a really interesting thing to bring into a horror game where like it's very important that you survive in a horror game mm-hmm. and this kind of thing.
2: Yeah, because like the expansion on play to live is play like your character's life depends on it because in this game it does use your wits. And then when it comes to it, mm. fight dirty. Uh, yeah. And then play to die, the end can come when you least expect to embrace it when it comes and make it memorable, which yeah. It reminds me of like uh uh death mechanics in some Powered by the Apocalypse games, where like you you roll to see what your interaction with death is and like do you come out fine or are you uh uh I think one the ones I do like is just like march for death. You don't die now, but you will die eventually. Just like you get yeah. to mm-hmm. pick that point. I think that's really cool as a uh dice roll. Just because some people don't like having their characters die. Sometimes you want to figure out another way around it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, often. Like, I always find, like, if I'd ever run the game like this, I'm always just like, oh, they, they don't hit you as hard. It's only, like, I know it's a bazooka, but it, it only hit you <laughs> one damage, everybody. You just get a boo-boo. Oh, no! Oh, you're, I guess your character will survive this round and I don't have to kill you and deal with that. <laughs> um, I also say that, like, one of the things I I really like is, like, this game takes huge inspirations from, like, Mothership. But the the items, for instance, really kind of stick out as very characterful, like, um, I'm looking at my my tweet about it, um, where you can just have, like, as just a random thing you can roll and pick up, a, a book on The Architect, a body cam, explosive lockpick, dumbbells, two, fertilizer, lubricant, six uses, hamster with ball. Six uses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, permanent marker, snowshoes, sunscreen, brackets, heart, void, which are two domains, and a towel and it's it's so interesting because like i think of like dungeons and dragons and 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 various games like that which always define here are all the little items you have 25 yeah. caltrops to drop and like it's 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 very interesting seeing this game and seeing how it sort of um takes a step back and say okay you define what items you're carrying but let them add to your character like even if you never use hamster with a ball like it's it's important that you have that in your backpack and just so mm-hmm. we know something about you and how like you define yourself through these items that you collect and i love that i think that's a really like really really interesting way of approaching this random shit you carry around with you and yeah it's it's a really interesting game and it's like as someone i i i i uh when i was uh, speaking to riley about this i was just like i don't know how much of this is just regular Regular trophy. um I've since um familiarized myself with the the trophy dark and trophy gold systems, um which this is based on. But I'm just like reading through, it and I'm like, oh my god, all these wild rules! And Riley's just like, oh, that's just that was in the regular game. That was in the regular game. That was in the regular game. But <laughs> at the same time, there's a lot of really interesting advances in here, and and yeah. little, little mechanics. Um, yeah, yeah, that's incredible. I'd never heard of the trophy system before. So I me need neither. to look into that. It's 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 so fun because like whenever you pl- whenever you like like run a podcast on on tabletop RPGs, you always come across like all these fun little blind, blind spots and you're just like, oh my god, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. It's like me <laughs> in comics. So an easy transition from trophy warp to all the witches. Uh, ever. <laughs> this is this, this is our main segment in which in which we're we're going to do do a do a fun little interview, uh, and and learn about and learn about the project and so forth. So, to start off with, after keeping our listeners in in big suspense, um, uh, who are you and what do you do? Tell us about yourself. Oh
1: gosh, hi. Uh, as said before, I'm <laughs> Emma. I go by Emma Panada on the internet. I'm the creator and lead developer of a TTRPG called All the Witches that started um being made officially in January 2022 and been working on it throughout the year and doing a lot of cool stuff. A lot of excitement has built up o- over it. Um or a lot more excitement than I was originally expecting, but I'm very mm-hmm. grateful for and yeah, uh, by day i am a intellectual property paralegal ooh and it's real fun and exciting work okay what's your favorite ip <laughs> oh gosh there's so many to choose from i found out about one recently where i think in like the 1930s or 40s mm-hmm. this woman got a patent for um an interrogation invention where basically okay. it's just this skeleton with the red eyes that you put into an interrogation room with a criminal <laughs> and you're sitting on
0: the other wall like recording like
1: this Wait. conversation as the criminal is just terrified by the skeleton <laughs> and admits to all of their crimes oh my god <laughs>
3: Oh, so that's still
0: copyrighted? Like people can't use that? Is no, there
3: like-
1: the the patent the patent expired. <laughs> um,
3: Damn!
1: Little IP facts for you. Yeah. um, utility patents, which are patents that cover um, skeletons, like original inventions, basically, mm-hmm. and their use and function. Those last for twenty years.
0: Oh, right, right. Um so I guess I guess tell us tell us about how how all witches started.
1: Yeah, so um basically long long ago mm-hmm. um I've been in the TTRPG space or I guess the expanded outside of D&D TTRPG space for about mm-hmm. 5 years now. Um and I first started playing all of these different systems and stuff um in about 2018. Mm-hmm. And previous to that, I knew about d and I knew Pathfinder um, and that was I knew stars without number. And that was about it. Mm-hmm. And. As I joined this YouTube group that will be unnamed because they were really toxic and mm-hmm. I left eventually. But in that group, there were a few like game devs who wrote their own systems or who were writing their own systems. And the systems they wrote are like multi-hundred page sagas um and i would have conversations with them just about like i don't understand where like you get the creative energy or passion um or drive (laughs) to write like 400 pages of effectively rules yeah um i was like so what like what drives you to be like all of these other systems aren't really doing it for me. I'm going to create my own thing. And we had some conversations about that, but afterwards I still just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in a magical moment, um, the trailer for final fantasy 16 dropped. (laughs) and (laughs) I was so excited. I grew up as we talked about earlier. It's just a fan of final fantasy games. I've played like all of them beaten most of them, and they just are very- they're part of my formative development. And so, the trailer for 16 dropped, and I was so excited, I had so much energy that I didn't know what to do with, and I was like, I want to run a Final Fantasy TTRPG, like, campaign. Yeah. And there are a few, like, fan Final Fantasy TTRPG projects. I'm sure there's 100s Mm-hmm. There are so many <laughs> there's like three big main ones, okay, um, and I forget the third one, but one of them is um basically just took the rules from Final Fantasy tactics and directly converted like the systems and everything into tabletop rules mm-hmm. and then the other one is like a d one hundred based system, but it's like a very specific setting, and the yep. only the rules only work in that setting, and it wasn't really what I was looking for, and so I was like, "I'm just gonna, I'll write my own thing." Um, so I did. I wrote about 120 pages <laughs> of a Final Fantasy TTRPG, and um, after a point, I was like, "This is enough. Where I could like run a game with it, and yeah. then I can just like balance things as I go." And so I ran a game for probably about three or four months. And then we reached a pause in the story and I was like, okay, I'm going to take this time. We'll take a break for a bit. I'm going to revise rules, balance things, do all that. And then we'll join back in. Hmm. Um, and in that time, like mad kind of depression hit. And I was like, I do not have the energy to rewrite 120 pages. <laughs> I know that depression well. <laughs> you know, same. <laughs> yeah, especially, and this was the big thing. Um, as I was kind of looking at doing this, I real, I really liked the system and what I was doing with it. But um, when it came down to it, I was like, I'm putting all of this energy into something that, like, I can't really sell. I can't really do anything with it. Um, this is like a like passion project but it's a lot of energy. And if I really want to put all of this creative energy into something, do I want it to be this or do I want it to be something more original that I can actually do something with? Um, And so thought about it for a while and I decided that I wanted to create something original. And then it was a matter of, well, what do I want to create? Um, I've always really loved the idea of like D&D campaigns or really any system campaigns where all the players end up choosing one class Mm. and then you get to explore a story and a campaign kind of exploring the diversity and the different kind of abilities and stuff under that one class archetype. I've always thought that sounds like a really fun campaign and so I knew I wanted to take, like, a singular archetype of some sort and explore that fully using
0: a rule set. Just as a clarifying question, do you mean that, like, one archetype for everyone has the same archetype? Or one is not everyone has yeah. a different individual one? Like, uh, like Skyrim or something?
1: The idea originally was, if I had players and they all chose to be a wizard in a D&D campaign... Mm. And then you get to explore kind of like a magical like school setting and everybody mm. can study the different kinds of magic that they want to. And they're all the same class, but you're getting to see like how far you can stretch that class. Um, in both like a story perspective as well as a mechanical perspective. Gotcha. Okay.
0: That sounds complicated in a different way. Like, wait, did you do it for yeah. <laughs> Like you have the fighters, you have the wizards, you have the rogues, you have all that, or was it starting with wizards and working from there?
2: It was like so in D and D, like it's different schools of tra- like different schools of magic, but like mm-hmm. it kind of diversifies a bit more into that. I guess
1: a little bit. So I didn't actually end up writing like a system <laughs> for that. It was no, just yeah. kind of that was where my thought process was of mm. something I. I wanted to take one archetype and, like, explore that in a system. And then it was trying to decide what kind of fantasy archetype I wanted to do. And around then, J.K. Rowling said some shit as as she is wont to do. And (sighs) I am also a user of TikTok. And around that time, I was falling heavily on queer Harry Potter TikTok where people were talking about their struggles with Really loving this IP that they grew up with and that really helped them come into their own identity and accept mm. themselves, and then the kind of jarringness of finding out the creator actually hates you. Um, and it's a really painful thing, and seeing those people really struggle with, like, do I just have to completely renounce Harry Potter? Or, like, how can I ethically still be a fan of this thing while denouncing the creator? and that's a conversation that's still like heavily happening now um and it's a really difficult conversation because so many like pain so much pain and experience is involved um, and as I was seeing this, I was really just kind of struck by it, and I grew up um I was the same age as the actors, like yeah. as I was growing up and so like the movies were a really cool thing for me to watch every year um and just kind of growing alongside this it was important to me but it I didn't fully delve into it um but as I was seeing this I was like I want to create a just very queer friendly world and game and story that people can come and use and create their own stories and experiences and put their energy into this and not have to worry about their like the creator of this project being mm. like transphobic or queer phobic or um, racist or any of those things. Mm. Um, and I decided to take the concept of witches and really explore it using a TTRPG and witches are kind of like a concept that has appeared in fantasy For such a long time, and there's so many different iterations, there's a lot you can do with it. And so it really, really worked out. Hmm. And I basically took um, some of the bones of the Final Fantasy system. There was some stuff where I was like, I like this, and I can use this, and kind of migrated it over. And then there was a lot of stuff where I was like, I can't really do anything with this. All the Witches is definitely its own thing, and it's incredibly distinct from the Final Fantasy system that I wrote. But if somebody were to like look at the old Final Fantasy document I have, there would be some things where you would recognize. Oh, okay, I can see like the connection.
0: Yeah. Um. It's also worth noticing, like when we were talking about um, like the things you've been checking out that they're, uh, the like the the inspirations is that you have been checking out a lot of like different kinds of like witch media and this kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which ha- had a leader. There's a lot of like kind of magic school things, and so like is is there any like like other things that sort of like came into this? Like, like I'm I'm like I'm particularly curious like what was like tabletop RPGs that influenced like the the Final Fantasy hack that you came up with first? Like, was it just like looking at D and D and Pathfinder, or was there like other things you were checking out at the time? There were some
1: systems that I took some inspiration from. Um, It was a D20-based system, so obviously you're going to have comparisons to Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder. There was a system that um, somebody that I knew wrote that has kind of competing D20 roles, like in combat and in skill checks and stuff, Mm -hmm. where like the attacker and the defender both roll. And Mm -hmm. when I played that and tested that system, it added for some really intense moments and it really helped me to stay engaged in combats where yeah. each round is like an hour long <laughs> yep. and you have like one turn and then you're not doing anything yeah. when you're rolling for defense, it really helps you keep kind of engaged and interested. Mm. Um, And that really influenced the final fantasy system. And that kind of made its way into all the witches as well. There were a few things that I pulled from other kind of like really small systems um for the final fantasy ttrpg but it was largely like took inspiration from dungeons and dragons and then mm. just kind of original ideas i had yeah um i was going to say because like this
2: game uh it's described as a deck builder and you know when i when i think of deck builders i think of dungeons and dragons
3: yeah well, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely
2: but like i i think of deck builders being games such as like you know basic ones for board games like Spirit Islands, DC Deck Builder, where you're building a very, very strong deck in order to accomplish an objective or like Slay the Spire or uh, One Step from Eden, stuff like that. That to me is like a deck builder because you're building a deck actively. By using a deck builder, is it like playing with a deck of 52 cards or does it come with like a series of cards where you can
1: build up your character and like write in the moves? So basically the deck building aspect of all the witches has been really hard to figure out throughout the creation of the system. Hmm. And there was actually a period of like a couple of months where when I advertised all the witches, I actually took out language about the deck building element because I was like, I'm not sure that I can get this to fit because when it comes to any sort of game mechanic, I want it to be balanced with the rest of the system, balanced with the lord of, lore of the world, and not a distraction. I mm-hmm. want it to be something that kind of actively like, helps everything come together. Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about ways to kind of incorporate deck building into a TTRPG system, my brain went to, okay, you can have... Cards represent different spells, and then you can only play the spell when you have that card. And as I was, like, exploring that thought process, it was very much way too restrictive um, for a TTRPG about, like, witches and magic. I couldn't, like, really rationalize witches not having access to all of their spells um, Mm. at any one time. I think... There's a way you could make a system that's kind of like a true deck building TTRPG where you're making a deck of like one card equals one spell and you're kind of throwing that all together. It could be like a wild magic TTRPG where you don't necessarily have like full control of what spells you can cast at any time. But that's not like what I was going for here. So eventually it became how the deck building and all the witches works is you have a small deck of either minor arcana from a tarot deck mm. or you have um the numbered cards from a playing card deck and the cards that make up your deck when you're in combat or when you're in a social encounter you play cards and that determines how many actions you have in your turn and then the total number of cards in your deck determines how many spells you can prepare in the day the suits of the cards in your deck determine um, how well you can do certain things in like, very specific parts of the game. And I wanted something that just kind of went alongside and supported the concept of like rolling dice and kind of turns and everything, but didn't hinder you in what you were able to do. Okay, okay. That makes a lot more sense, like,
2: looking at the bigger picture of it, especially, like, utilizing Minor Arcana and playing card suits and uh, playing cards in general,
3: mm-hmm. like a nice
2: little mix too. And I guess like you'll also be able to kind of like to differentiate the feel of it just because, you know, tarot cards are a little bit longer versus a regular yeah. deck of playing cards. Yeah. So I saw this on Twitter, I think a uh, this morning actually, but I think yesterday you had your very first play test of the system. Um, do you mind if I ask a little bit about that and just kind of ask uh, how you know the first playtest went. Anything unexpected that came up that caught you off guard?
1: Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So it wasn't the ver- first playtest of the system. It was. It was the start of a. It was the start of a new playtest group. Ah. Mm. Uh, I've playtested the system little bits over the past like four to six months. Um, yeah. Testing kind of certain portions of the game, like back in October. We had a couple playtests where we didn't have the deck building mechanics. I was just kind of testing the dice and everything um, just to see what adjustments needed to be made. And then this set of playtests that I'm currently doing is the first one to incorporate decks and a couple other things. Um, One of the playtest groups that I'm doing is kind of to test a sport that I made up. Um and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and the others are more kind of classical adventures. One's like a short-term group and they're playtesting um basically combat and staff crafting. And then the other one is a long-term playtest group that we had the first session of that on Friday. Mm-hmm. And the goal of that is to kind of explore a bunch of different things. Um But yeah, both groups went really, really well. Uh, The main adjustment I made to the rules from playtesting them is... um, So, rather than having, like, spell slots or anything um, to cast your spells, instead you have basically... I mean, I think I listened to an earlier podcast of yours, and you were talking about Final Fantasy and JRPGs. So Mm -hmm. I imagine you're both familiar.
0: Ruyutama,
1: I think? Ryotama, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Ryotama ether yeah.
2: was another one that we talked about that day as well, I think.
1: Yeah. hmm Great memory. So <laughs> we we talk
0: about it a lot.
1: It's like comes up a whole bunch for
0: some reason, but yeah.
1: Okay. So this has um, a magical energy system, or you might recognize it as like MP or mana. Yeah. Where you have a total amount of magical energy, and every time you cast a spell, um, spells cost different amounts and mm-hmm. it subtracts from your total. The thing I changed was, you. One of your attributes is endurance, and endurance affects a number of different things. But one of the things it affects is, um, on your turn, you would recover an an amount of magical energy equal to your endurance rank, mm-hmm. um, which most people had like anywhere from one to three endurance, and. Yeah. So every turn they would get back like one to three magical energy, which when you're using like three to five per spell, it can take a while to kind of recoup. And at the very beginning of the game, you don't have much max magical energy anyway. Um, So what I changed was rather than it being a flat number, I changed it to each turn. You roll a number of D four equal to your endurance rank. Yeah. Um, just that way, it's a bit more interactive, it's a bit more fun, it helps you remember to kind of do that because you're actually doing something rather than it just being an automatic process, and I think it was a good change.
0: Do you do you add them together, or do you take the highest? You add them together. Okay, alright, that's yeah. wild. So it's a difference between two and like eight, theoretically. Yeah. I
2: like that, I like that a lot. Theoretically.
0: That sounds like a, a wild magic surge to me.
2: So you're gonna have that one player who keeps rolling just to the entire session
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my God, but then, with kind of the sessions uh that are happening right now and i'm I'm expecting we're exploring combat a lot more mm-hmm. um, and I'll probably make a few minor adjustments to like action costs or like yeah. movement or various other things
0: and it's- just quickly, is there is there a strong division between like 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 combat and and regular play? Like, is it a thing that you use like spells and stuff in combat and that sort of thing, and then outside of combat, it is it is different? Or like, how 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 do you divide between those? So combat
1: and I'll say encounters in general because you yeah. can also have social encounters. Mm. But uh, the difference between in encounters and out of encounter stuff is. Basically, in encounters, you use your deck, um, and out of encounters, you don't really have to worry about your deck. Oh, great. Um, You still have to track your magical energy, Mm -hmm. and, like, the way I've flavoured it is magical energy is closely related to, like,
0: adrenaline, and so- Adrenaline from which case- oh, from, from Final Fantasy? No, just adre- okay. adrenaline in general. <laughs> okay. When, like,
1: combat is happening or something, oh, yeah, your yeah. adrenaline is higher, and that's what kind of, like, causes you to be able to recover magical energy. Okay. Um. So out of combat, if you rest for, like, a number of minutes, you can get some magical energy back, but you have to be a little bit more careful about how much you're casting spells out of combat. Mm-hmm. The big difference is, in encounters, you use your deck. Okay.
0: I want to follow up on the sports question. I want to see what the sport is like. (laughs) Can we talk about whatever, can we talk about whatever the sport is? Like, could you, could you give like a little, little tease about what this could be?
1: Absolutely I could. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually made a tweet like a couple weeks ago where I was like, it's a great feeling when you come up with a name for something And you Google it to make sure it's not associated with anything bad, and then there (laughs) are no Google search results.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's like it feels good.
1: Um. So the magical sport is called Mm Renderost. and it's basically a combination of Mario Kart and area control. Mm -hmm. Um. Of course. Each yeah, of course, natural. Um, (laughs) Each team. (laughs) So the sport. It's a team versus a team, and each team has a racer, and then they have battlers. (laughs) Um, The racers are basically flying this track on their staves up above kind of the battlefield, Mm -hmm. and they have different um, obstacles and things that they have to overcome. And when they've passed through a certain number of rings, then they kind of finish the race and their team wins. Yeah. Um, on the ground, however, the rest of their team, which is normally three other players, um, are doing this battle of area control. Um, on the ground, there are kind of glyphs hanging around. Think of them as like Mario Kart boxes, okay. where you can grab a glyph. It has different effects, where you can use it to screw over the other team um, <laughs> or gain like more powerful abilities. Hmm. And in the center of the arena... There's basically another glyph where if it's activated, it resets the uh, racers and mm-hmm. it changes kind of the racing ground. So it could be,
0: Oh, there's okay. like
1: um, at the very beginning, it's just very much a normal racing ground, but once it's reset, uh, you basically draw one of the major arcana mm-hmm. and it determines what kind of um, racing track it changes into. So it could oh. turn into like a very mountainous region, it could turn into kind of like this very beachy, like um,
0: watery vibe. Then there's and the, the Rainbow Road, then there's Rainbow Road, Rainbow Bowser's, <laughs> Castle, Bowser's Castle Bowser's Castle, you know, the, Horrors, you, you know the one with the them. ghosts. Big
2: Shell from you know. <laughs> uh, Middle Gear Solid 2, Final Destination from yeah. <laughs> Smash. Yeah.
1: So uh. the goal is for the battlers on the ground um if your person is ahead in the race mm-hmm. to defend the central glyph from the other team getting to it and activating it mm-hmm. um and then if your racer is behind you're trying to get onto the you're trying to get to the central glyph to activate it to reset the race to give your <laughs> racer more opportunities to win um and it's just I'm currently trying to like balance it out, and that's what this playtest is to yeah. like determine. But I think it's a fun little thing, and I think it could potentially be a lot of fun for players if I get it right. <laughs> I could imagine that just being like an entire focus for a campaign. It's just as like well. pie or something. It, that's, and- that's the idea. You could just have like a campaign where you're playing um, Rindaros players, and you're going through this league. I've thought about a fun way to market all the witches in the Kickstarter um, or even like just the game in general between the Kickstarter and the eventual release is to invite various like Twitch streamers to make teams.
3: Oh my God. And then
1: we'll have like a tournament and oh, whoever wins the tournament uh, like wins some sort of like cool prize. I need you to understand how much I'm gripping my desk right now because of how (laughs) cool an
0: idea that is. (laughs) The desk splinters.
1: (laughs) It's something I really want to do, but like, like many people, um, my mental health is not always the best, and so I don't want to like promise something and then my mental health gets bad and I just can't fulfill it.
0: It sounds like also you do huge things. Like it seems like like the first thing I came up with is probably like. Not like whatever rule system was probably like a one page RPG. I didn't like immediately jump to like the one hundred page of like a and D like or whatever. And so yeah. it's 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 the classic thing that we've we've heard like probably like a, a dozen times before. where We just like I gotta make so much stuff. You gotta make you gotta produce so much stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to just be like I'm gonna make a little small thing and 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 try to enjoy that. But it sounds rad. I can see why you, yeah. you like. Just like I gotta make I s I gotta make a sport.
1: But yeah, I yeah. wanna make like maybe one or two other sports as well. No!
0: Um but this is <laughs> too much. This is
1: the primary idea I had. Yeah. So my thinking <laughs> I totally understand the it's too much mentality. Yeah. That's incredibly valid. But my thinking is when it comes to like Kickstarters and things, mm. as like the primary game designer, I really hate when there are Kickstarters for RPG systems and one of the like, one of the like stretch goals is like, oh, we'll add this new class or mm. we'll add these new spells. Like my mentality as a game dev is like, I'm going to make all that stuff anyway. And yeah. if I'm excited about it and I like want to make it, I'm just going to make it and I'm going to put it in the book. Mm. Um because it doesn't cost me anything for me to write more stuff bringing on new writers to create like additional like world knowledge or various other stuff like that's a different story mm-hmm. but coming up with like game design stuff I'm like I'll just kind of put everything I have into
0: the book okay um, so so is it is it like like again rough plans nothing finalized the campaign hasn't started yet um but like is is like your your idea that, um, is this going to be a stretch goal, or is this going to be, like, in the rules? Like no, the... this is in the game, okay. yeah. Yeah.
1: One of the stretch goals is, is rust focused and mm. basically it's just, um, to create, like, battle maps for the different, like, tr- racetracks, like, just beautiful, <laughs> highly detailed, oh, no. like, battle maps for them. It's so um, much! You have, how many, how many individual battle maps do you have? There's 22 oh, Major no! Arcana. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's why it's a stretch goal. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: why it's a stretch goal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically, the Kickstarter funds are going to very specific things, mm. um, but over time, like, while we're still creating things, I'm still going to be... Because basically what I've been doing for the past year is just like every month I put in about four to $500 into like art or getting writers to help me with certain things and all of this. So as the project is going, I'm still going to be putting that money in maybe a little less. um, So I'm not so financially stressed, but Mm. uh, using some of that money, I'll probably still get a few of the like terrains made as well as like a few other things, but with like a cool stretch goal, it's possible I can just get all of them made.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: one thing I wanted to touch on because you talked about like the writers and artists you have hired on. You have all, in my opinion, a stacked crew of people. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. how you ran in, how you got in touch with all of them in your interview with Women of d And just kind of shout out some names that I've known and like listened to. There's Sailor Scout Austin, there's that D'Angelo mm-hmm. who wrote uh, Templar Knights, uh, you mm-hmm. have Brutal Dan who is a uh, game designer, you have Nala Wu, Solf is uh Lynn uh, Lin- <laughs> and Meyer is a world builder, Lady Mia, Rue, of course, who we talked about earlier, by Francita, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of fucking cool people. <laughs> yeah. What has been your favorite part? Like, I've already, we the, the story on Women of D&D is you actually met them through uh, Stella Luna, if I remember correctly, and mm. uh, we're kind of connecting through that. And That's the they- answer for some of them. Okay. Yeah, for some of them. Yeah. But, What's been, like, the best part about working with these folks, though? Like, mm-hmm. uh, just, like, what they all bring to the table, especially.
1: Yeah, so, for one, I, w- I would love to tell the story about how I met Um, mm-hmm. But to talk more specifically about your question, so far, um, because you're right, everything is expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and all of these people are incredibly... Good at what they do, but so far, I've worked with all of them in small amounts. Basically, what I can pay, um, as I can pay, uh, to have them do certain things. So basically, for like the world builders, um, Austin, Lynn, and D'Angelo, I basically had them write a few drafts of regions that they wanted to create. Um, the idea with all the witches is we're not trying to build an entire world for the players to kind of like inhabit and run around in. We're trying to create three really richly detailed regions um, that players can start in and adventure around. Uh, they can hop from one to the other. But if they want, the GM can imagine along with their players what the rest of this world might look like and then venture out into kind of what they imagine this rest- the rest of their world To be. So they each get kind of their own individual voices to help build this world as well for their games. Mm -hmm. And so I've had the writers write a few drafts for their regions, um, developing it little bits at a time. And then I've had them write basically a document where it has like pitches for each of their regions, and we're gonna include those in the Kickstarter. Um, and then once the kickstarter funds is when i can like really have them start working Mm. but all of so all of those three are just immensely creative i've really loved the ideas they've come up with for the three regions and me i'll give myself a pat on the back and i'll say i i do well with creating rules and like thinking of like game systems and stuff but when it comes to like creating worlds and um making art or even kind of like envisioning art, like I really struggle with that. um, and so having them there to like come up with these things, it's just so exciting, and I'm really excited to kind of like develop them further after the Kickstarter. um Nala Wu is probably one of the ones that I've worked with the most pre Kickstarter. They're the art director, and they helped me kind of navigate commissioning the cover image that we have now that I kind of announced, I think like a month ago mm-hmm. and they did such an exceptional job. Um, they are friends with the artist who worked on it, which is Isabel Burke on Twitter. And like, they did just such an extraordinary job. Um, whenever I get art commissioned, like the artist sends me drafts or sends me like sketches or like the final piece and they're like, "Hey, do you have any comments?" and I'm always just blown away. I'm like, "No, it's so cool. Like, thank you so much." Um <laughs> but Nala having an artistic eye to really like give helpful feedback to artists is invaluable. And mm-hmm. it helped create that cover image which is just so freaking good. And then they're also helping me um I'm getting these three pieces done Uh, They're landscape pieces by Trixie Wizard, and each piece is basically representative of each of the three regions, and all of them are so freaking cool, but I asked Nala to also help me with those pre-Kickstarter, and the advice and feedback they've been able to give Trixie Wizard has been also invaluable and incredible, and I'm so glad I brought Nala in. Yeah. Which leads me to the funny story of how I met Nala. Yeah. <laughs> so at Gen Con last year, um, when masks were still enforced. So shout out to Gen Con for not enforcing that this year. <laughs> yeah, shout out. <laughs> <Nurse>! I, so... <laughs> I, I no longer want to go now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so me and my partner went to Gen Con and we ended up hanging out with um our friend Stella Luna a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I first got to the airport, um, me and Stella live near each other. So we took the same flight um, to get to Indianapolis. And while we were at the airport waiting for all of our friends to land and everything, Nala got there and I had never not met Nala before. I had seen some of their like Twitter posts and stuff, but I didn't know them super well. Mm-hmm. And we ended up hanging out and I've never been roasted harder by a person than I was by Nala. (laughs) Why? Um, So we were at the airport for the audience. I am a uh, light skinned folk. um, Mm -hmm. Also known as just a white person. Um, (laughs) And we were hanging out. We were waiting for some friends and also just people watching as just a lot of people were coming out of the terminals. And Stella was like, I wonder how many of these people are here for Gen Con and Nala just immediately was like, just look for all the white people with messenger bags. And I just like slowly looked down at my messenger (laughs) bag resting across my shoulders. And I was like, I have never been so (laughs) accurately called out in my life. Um, And it was amazing. Um, after that, Nala ended up injuring their ankle really bad at Gen Con, like, basically the first night, um, and was it in a wheelchair the rest of the time. Um, and so, me and my partner didn't have a whole lot to do during Gen Con during the day, so we ended up helping Nala a lot, just kind of pushing around their wheelchair, showing them around the con floor and everything. And it was really cool to just... I mean, it was totally terrible that they got injured. Mm. Um, but it was cool to get to know them and just get to hang out with them so much because they're such a fucking cool person. Mm. Um, and then after all of that, I was recognizing I need help with art direction for this because I'm not good enough for this. And I was like, I know Nala, but I don't want to bother Nala. Mm. But eventually I reached out and they were extremely happy. Um, to work with me and they're amazing and I'm
0: very grateful to have them. And so this is like in, in August. So you would have been like working for this for like a good couple of months and just been like, "Oh my god, so that would have been really good," I suppose. At the time, I had one piece
1: that um has kind of turned into a promotional image for anybody listening to the podcast. It's the image of a witch kind of standing in front of this large tree spirit in a forest. That's done by Carson Druitt on Twitter, who's incredible. And that was, like, the first major piece I got done. And then all of the other art that I was getting done at the time was by this Argentinian artist called Maruchima, who Mm -hmm. is incredible. Their art style is much more kind of like anime, but it has, like, a realism and a really cool beauty to it. And... I was like, I'm just looking for to get kind of pictures done of characters representing the 10 different magical disciplines and all the witches. Hmm. And so I saw a piece that they did where it was a commission of, oh, gosh, Rapunzel from Tangled. Mm -hmm. And it was extremely well done. And I looked to see if this artist did commissions and they did. But. They severely undervalue themselves. Yeah, if you've seen kind of the character images I've gotten done for all the witches, they're intricate. Mm-hmm. Like they're very intricate. They're really well done. Yeah, Maru typically and tried to charge me um, just thirty dollars for each. Oh one my of those. god!
0: No.
3: And I was like,
1: absolutely not. <sighs> I, um, I was like, please let me pay you more. So for some of them, I ended up paying a hundred dollars per piece. And Mm -hmm. then I was constantly like, please raise your prices. (laughs) You deserve so much more. And then she raised her prices and it's a little bit better, but it's I feel like she's still really undervaluing herself which makes sense. I think she's like 19 or 20. She's really young. Uh, Yeah. um, So when she raised her prices, I was like, since you raised your prices, I'd like to pay you more per piece. Mm. And now I pay her 180 per piece. That's good. Um, But yeah. So I just got really lucky finding her and she's been incredible, incredible to work with. And I've had a friend of mine, Nina Wolverina doing like concept art sketches for each kind of character. Mm. Uh, and then i'll send that to maru um because maru speaks english um, but her primary language is spanish Mm. and i never know like how much english she like super knows so when it came to like trying to describe a character in detail i didn't want anything to like get lost yeah so i just kind of pay my friend to do little sketches and then i'll send that tomorrow
0: <laughs> i i've heard that with other artists that like i like it like in comic book artists for instance they a lot of um comic book artists like to have like the writers badly sketch something so they can just work oh from yeah that. yeah that makes sense because it's just like they i mean again seeing it visually is better than seeing it on a page but it's mm-hmm. also, like, a thing with a lot of writers that they're just, like, so self-conscious, and they're just like, oh, I can't draw, you can draw better. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's uh, hard. I posted some of the Maru's commission work. It's amazing. How is...
2: This
1: is not... This is a lot. This is... This is very a yeah. cool stuff. Okay, so these ones... So, chat... Uh, or not chat. <laughs> listeners.
0: Chat. <laughs> emailers,
1: please, uh, please. Emailers. <laughs> so, um... Cole just brought up some pictures that Maru does, and this is her sketch style. Mm. Um, and the second one you linked of this kind of white-haired girl with red tattoos is a character is like my D oh, and D OC. Oh really? Oh yeah. Of yeah. Course. Mm-hmm. I I commissioned this um just to like test working with Maru and oh. see how it went and just just everything. Um, hmm. and it went super, super well for this style. She charges $10 or oh, she no. charged $10. No. And even then I was like, please let me pay you more. Yeah. Um, and so she did this and then I was like, Hey, I'm writing this game and I'm looking for an artist to like do these characters. I was like, I happily will pay you a um, hundred dollars per piece for yeah. like this kind of style you do where you're asking for $30. Yeah. Um, And I was like, if you're interested, I'd love to work with you. If not, I totally understand. And she was like, no, I'd love to. And yeah, she's freaking incredible. Highly, mm. highly recommend working with her. Um, If she opens
0: up her commissions. Yeah. It's if you, if you want to have a follow, it's uh, at Maruchima, which is M A R U C H I. M-A-A, um if you want to follow. Mm. And I also like want to like double down. Like um, I've I've commissioned an artist for uh, one of my games, and it is it is the best feeling being like one seeing the art and doing that, but also just like not doing AI and just having the satisfaction yeah. of just like paying someone for making incredibly good stuff, yeah. And it's it's incredible. Like this stuff is this is amazing, and it's like it's you know it's it's a rampant thing in this in this modern age where everyone's like under under charging for all these things and so yes the uh, the official line I guess from from inside the table is you should charge more for everything you do and it's yeah. it's great so mm-hmm. shout outs.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely and if I may be so bold to say on your podcast uh, yes. fuck AI art
2: yeah fuck absolutely AI art.
1: <laughs> I have said this since day one
2: fuck AI art yeah. Actually I have like a partial lie. I was like down for the concept artist idea, but it's just like <laughs> because like it's it helps visualize stuff, but at the same time, like just make a fucking Pinterest board. Just fucking make a Pinterest board. I don't know. I kind of need to roast one of my friends because uh he
0: is
3: making <laughs> a <out>. board game.
0: <laughs> What's the name? Yeah, <laughs> <When I live. laughs> yeah roast them.
2: <laughs> they're they're using AI art more to make a proof of concept for their board mm. game. It's a uh it's uh
0: I don't actually shut him out if I like, get him in trouble. <laughs> okay. But
2: uh basically they were just like, hey, we just need this for placeholder art just to show how the game works and what we would like to see. This will never be the final product. I'm like staring at him like You better be sure of that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Like my my fiance right next to him, like, please don't. We just had a whole rant about this. Please don't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I mean I always Point out that like it, it there's there's royalty free art out out there which has like permission for people to use in this kind of way, um, mm, yeah. and it isn't stealing from from people who haven't consented to their art yeah. being used in AI projects. So yeah, honestly, ain't there like
2: a museum where you can like download piece? it's yeah. free for use, or yeah. like do do what Bri- Briar Sovereign does? It just puts a crocodile for an image that you need
3: yeah yeah <laughs> it's Very really cool. hard
1: i think even just using it as placeholder heart no. art in the landscape right now is dangerous yeah it could kill your game potentially
0: i have heard like um, game designers say don't ever use placeholder art at all like it's just it's bad luck because you might just forget about it and leave it in there for like video games yeah. but like similarly i've always been like i want to know the stuff that i'm actually doing and it's also like I really encourage people to just draw some random shit themselves, and that's kind of fun. Yeah, kind of I would fun. say
1: doing that is
0: better. Mm. Or
1: even just, like, going online, finding um, a cheaper artist and asking them, can you just, like, sketch kind of this, like, base mm. idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because then it's not costing you much money, you're helping an artist, and like, a just simple sketch can go a long way and, like, it won't take them probably too much time and it'll be cheap
3: yeah yeah
0: and it's also like I-, I think i've been like noticing more and more is like things like your own project where it's like you get it up to a certain stage again you've said you've been paying a lot of like your own money up front to get like art and stuff but like crowdfunding has been a really good way for people to get access to like things they couldn't normally afford um yeah. and um i guess do you want to do you want to talk about that especially since like is this is this your first huge game? Like this is like your first. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. So what was that process like? Going from from a homebrewed, like Final Fantasy thing to like working with people to like like yeah. How how has it been learning Kickstarter and terrifying? So yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's
1: part of why um, I surrounded myself with very good industry industry professionals who knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um. Cause I was like, I've got this game idea. Um, I think it's a very solid game idea and I'm getting a lot of really good feedback mm-hmm. about it. Um, there's a lot of interest and I know that I do not have the knowledge um, or the expertise to do certain mm-hmm. things or to track certain things. Um, which is why I've brought in all of these people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I know they can, and they can help me turn this into something like really like beautiful and good, yeah. Um, I'm like the ideas person, and then yeah. <laughs> they're all helping me with the details. <laughs> Luckily, after I left, kind of the toxic YouTube group that I talked mentioned briefly earlier, hmm. um, I fell into Stella Luna's Twitch chat, and hmm. Stella is an incredibly well-respected person uh, in the TTRPG community. Um, or at least the side of the TTRPG community that we're on Mm -hmm. um, and in the AP field. And like, they put out a tweet back then saying like, Hey, game designers, if you're working on a game and you would like to be paid to play test it, like on stream, like I'm doing a marathon. Mm -hmm. And that was around when I was testing the final fantasy system. And so I was like, Hey, I'm writing this thing. And she was like, Oh, I love Final Fantasy 14. This sounds really cool. And we ended up like talking a good bit. And I didn't get fit into that marathon, but later on she reached out and was like, Hey, would you be interested in just doing like a one shot on a Thursday? And I was like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, connecting with them there and then joining their community. And then um, I was going through a move. Funny story I was going through a move. Where I was just kind of moving from an apartment to a house in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where I live. And as I was talking about it, Stella mentioned that uh, they lived nearby and they would come help me move. Hmm. So we knew each other for like two months at this point, And then they came and helped me move. And <laughs> like since then... We've been like good friends and they've really helped me like navigate the TTRPG sphere yeah. Um, and help connect me with really incredible people. And uh, I would definitely not be where I am today um, making this if it wasn't for Stella. Yeah. And I'm incredibly grateful. But yeah, they helped connect me to all these wonderful people and get me to this position. And it's great.
0: It's It sounds really good, because, like, so often with, with a lot of, like, I don't know, it's I think it could be just the thing of being a writer, is, like, you often feel like you have to work, you have to do every little part of it, and it's so nice to hear, like, alright, art is very difficult, I'll let that sort of, I'll delegate to this to this, you bring in editors and other people to, like, work with as a sort of, like, little community, and then, like... yeah. That sounds that sounds so much easier than like some of the other ones I've thought
1: <laughs> It's really nice being able to have people help with these different parts of the book. And mm-hmm. the end of the at the end of the day, it would cost a lot to hire people to do every single part of the book. Yeah. Um except the game design. Like even just kind of writing, putting the words together, writing and explaining the rules. I'm gonna <laughs> have like editors look over it and help me with it, but a large portion of the book I'm going to write myself because, Mm. like I said earlier, I don't have to pay myself, and that's less money coming out of the Kickstarter budget that I can put towards paying these other incredible people to do their thing. Yeah. Which a lot of people will probably say you need to be sure to pay yourself. But I was going to say yeah. (laughs) And I I agree, Mm. but this is my... First TTRPG project that I'm putting out into the world. There's Mm. three that I want to make. Um, And then you're done. The others I will probably (laughs) try to pay myself. But for this first one, I'm like making a name for myself a bit. Mm. um, Showing that people can trust me to create good things. Mm. And I'm going to get paid off of sales of the product after the Kickstarter. Yeah. So... I'm I'm okay not paying myself out of the Kickstarter um, for like my first project, and that's controversial. I understand.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like especially because you were just like make sure everyone gets paid. Like, everyone's undervaluing it themselves, but I I, I can me. see the value in it. <laughs>
2: I'm about to be like you're part of that
0: same group of people. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's always but like I just you, you fight for other people, and you just like oh, for not me. Though. I I also yeah. feel that. So
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm not Wizards of the Coast or Paizo.
0: The wizard never gets paid either.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My goal is not to make a bunch of money uh, off of this project. My goal is to make something cool that make people happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that means that I put money into it and I never see that money come out, I am more than happy with that. Um, I just want to make something that helps people create memories with their friends and hopefully mm. helps them discover themselves.
2: I like that. That's a, that's a good phrase. And like, I, it reminds me of like the consistent thing I saw on like the tabletop, especially the indie space for like the longest time mm. of just like, you know, everyone in the tabletop community all have the same $10 bill. They just keep passing it around <laughs> yeah. to each other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also the furry community. I've heard the same thing about that.
3: That, that really? makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, But it's, like, a $100 bill, so... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a bit more. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
3: yeah.
2: The furries actually have, like, a quarter of a million that they... Yeah. uh, ...just trade hands all the time. They rule the world. The furry community is actually a money laundering scheme.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of money in the furry
2: community. (laughs) (laughs) i got questions. Yeah, no, I still love that, like, if... if There's, like, a subsection of, like, if three to five people take the same day off in the furry community, the internet shuts down. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But uh, what I was going to say earlier is uh, it's always really fascinating to me how, like, the tabletop community circles just kind of overlap and blend and merge yeah. into each other. Because, like, I know for Marley and I, we started out in the same kind of charity group, listened to the same podcast, mm-hmm. and then kind of grew out from there. I went one direction and he went another direction and we kind of met back up in the middle where, like, I keep running into podcasters and actual plays and start. Watching shows, sometimes getting asked to sign up or moderate and do this and that. Marley Mm -hmm. writes for more projects, tries doing editing, playtesting, and it just kind of keeps expanding out from there. And then you know, all of a sudden, you realize you're like three steps away from someone who made the like a like a two and a half million dollar worthwhile tabletop RPG become the next big thing.
0: Oh man. And it's extremely weird. Like there was uh, a short while ago, we had an interview with uh, Austin Ramsey who did, who did Beam Saber and like Austin Ramsey was a member of the same, like uh, uh discord channel that we were, we, uh, me and Cole met in. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's so strange. It's so strange that it's just like, it's someone yeah. that I've seen like chat about like things like game design stuff. And, and it's great. It's a, it's yeah. a very strange community. It's kind of like, it's small, but it's also huge. And so it's, it's very weird It's spread yeah. out. Because, like, you know, yeah. we have him who made a Fortune of the Dark
2: game talking to hmm. people about mechs when back when For Entity of the Table did Counterweight. And yeah. then you trip over and you find Takuma Okada who made Stewpot, who was also one yeah. of the originators of Emotional Mecha Jam on itch.io. Yeah. And now Takuma's game Stewpot got picked up by uh, Dark Hat Productions, the people who. Uh, evil Hat? Evil Hat. Thank you. Uh, Mm. evil hat productions and yeah it's just really cool to see just like how people keep on meeting in the rpg tabletop rpg space whether you're a designer uh uh artist uh layout designer yeah project manager or just someone who enjoys games in general you know
1: yeah it's really as somebody first coming into the ttrpg community it's really scary seeing these big names Mm. or even reaching out to big names asking like if they want to be involved in a project. Yeah. Um but you'll see the sentiment kind of around and as you're around longer and as you meet people uh it's really true but like we're not like famous quote unquote people no, yeah, in the no. TTRPG community are not like A-list celebrities or like people so above everybody else. They're just cool people. They're just cool people who want to play some games. You can yeah, you can reach like most people have business emails yeah. or if not, you can reach out in DMs on Twitter and you can just ask people, hey, do you want to play in this like one shot I'm doing or like, hey, are you available to help me like work on this like game I'm making? And they're very approachable and really, really nice. Mm hmm.
0: And it's, it's it's especially as someone who's just like slowly starting out and like ma- like making games here and there, it's it's so it's so weird how like there's there's this there's, there's always like a million reasons why you shouldn't be doing this. Like in my head, I'm always mm-hmm. just like this isn't good enough, this isn't good enough, this isn't good enough. I need to know this. I need to be trained in this. And like once you kind of start ignoring that and just be like, I want to just do it. It's amazing how like easy it is to just like jump in and just be like. Everyone's, but like, as soon as you like ask someone and just be like, "Hey, I want to reach out and do this," um sometimes they they're too busy or whatever. But it's just like once you start asking, once you just start like just doing stuff, it begins to kind of work together. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of like like Takuma Okada and stuff like that were just like people who just went out and just started making things, and it's just like oh, people hear back because you're a person who who makes things, and like you were saying before that one of the things of this Kickstarter is showing that you're a person who's able to like do these things um mm-hmm. and yeah it is also very funny to remember that like it is a very like small insular kind of well not really insular but like a very small community where like i i i went to uh pax oz and i was like oh my god it's Haley from story brewers and i pointed at, like <laughs> like my, my friends look it's Haley. like who is that and like you don't know good society you don't know as uh, uh what was it called a life of the awful sea and they're just like, no, because they're like, people know critical role and all this other things. So and it's just like, Dimension 20 it's very and- fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's very funny to be in this very small community where like, the celebrities we make are like, you know. Very small. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody I've talked to who would be considered a celebrity, like when I've talked to them about like getting recognized at cons or people coming up to them. They say it's, like, always a really exciting and, like, super nice thing. Yeah. Like, being recognized or having people come up and just being excited to meet them. Like, never feel afraid to, like, walk up and say hi and yeah. say, like, you enjoyed something they did.
0: I was too afraid to say a little Haley. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just like... Well, Haley, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just starstruck and my friends were just like, what? <laughs> So yeah, I guess is is do we do we what I haven't looked at the question sheet in a little bit. Do we have any final questions, Cole?
2: Um honest to god, I think this was like a really nice like conversation and cover everything. I can't really yeah.
0: think of anything else. Uh we're, we're getting to the 3-hour mark too, which is yeah. like about double what <laughs> we usually do, but I've, yeah. i really enjoyed it.
1: Like I put out a tweet saying like, "Hey, People, if you have a podcast, like reach out, let yeah. me know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to just like sit and talk and you're the only ones that have like really reached out so um, far. concretely so yeah. far, I guess. But you're both really cool and Thank this you. has been Aww. good vibes and I've had so much fun talking to you both. It's been uh, a And joy. I really, really appreciate you having me on.
0: Thank you for coming on. It's been great. Um, is is there is I mean, pitch pitch. The, what is what is your kick? Tell me about what is happening to your Kickstarter.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, All the witches, um, original deck building TTRPG about witches, um, is coming to Kickstarter March sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, it's a digital only product because printing, for one, is bad for the environment. Yeah, um, especially right now because there's a paper shortage. Um, yes. But also, especially from like small Kickstarters, printing takes about like a third of what you raise. And especially conversations have been happening around accessibility with indie TTRPGs.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And with everything that happened with d and OGL, a lot of people were really worried because d and Beyond has been a very accessible resource and has helped a lot of people um be able to track and understand yeah. and learn D and other systems just don't really have something like that
3: um hmm.
1: so rather than using a third of what we raise to go towards printing um i'm really wanting to just do a fully digital release where we can really um make our game like very accessible and uh friendly to a bunch of different people who learn different ways Um, so we have a lot of stuff that we're going to be including and doing with the money. And, uh, it would mean a lot if you followed us on Twitter at all the witches underscore or Mm -hmm. followed our Kickstarter, um, to learn more.
0: All right. That sounds really cool. And it's, it's really interesting with the the paperless thing because like, I'm a person who lives in Australia and I'm just like, if I want to get a physical copy of anything, it's going to cost me another like $50 or something
3: Mm -hmm. in postage.
0: So I'm just like... I'm never gonna do that, and I like PDFs. They're much more <laughs> e- easy to work with. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, yeah,
2: easier to find your place in the the page as oh, well yeah. too. Just like because of the bookmarks and such, and you know, sometimes you can just have it translate into like a uh, like a text to speech, so it can read it out to you if you hmm. need
1: to. There's a lot you can do with digital releases, and I'm hoping. I mean, we're not a large Kickstarter by any means, but um, especially with so many large releases that are going to be happening coming up. Um, I'm hoping to show the community at large what you can do mm. um, with Kickstarters to really make them accessible or to really add a lot of digital value to what you're making.
0: Um, so I guess we'll close up with shoutouts, which I mean there's one really clear one, but uh, what else would, mm. would people like to sort of shout out as we as we as we close up? Uh, Cole, I know you've been involved with something in particular.
2: Yeah, yeah, so the mega actual play uh, I'm involved in, we actually just released a preview vi- video for Indiegogo, and it has the wonderful music made by uh, Devin uh, Devin at DevinDecibel on Bandcamp and Twitter. Uh, it has a wonderful voiceover done as well, and kind of sets up everything, and it's basically like a nice little preview of what CollazCon is going to be for the hmm. Beam Saber actual play project that we're working on getting ready to crowdfund for.
0: And there's like art? Am I ever getting that right? There's like a bunch of like crew artists is starting to appear. We have one of the first quads
2: with art out. It is the eighty six, and mm-hmm. um, oh god, someone mentioned the name earlier. I can't remember what the name is off the top of my head, but they're a fucking cool person. They do uh, hold on, I can... hold on,
0: I'll scroll, I'll scroll,
2: just yeah. keep pad, pad, pad. But yeah, no, uh, we we're getting more art sent out now as well about it. It is going to be a very cool project about basically five different squads. Here we go. I found it.
0: Uh, the art was Good. by uh, vehicle art by B.F. Luta yeah, and music. music, yeah, and and map by by Dancy Nuru, Dancy Nuru,
2: who has made some of my favorite like physical art pieces around actual play. Yeah, just like in general, uh, Annie does really fucking cool work. But it's Dancy Nuru on Twitter and yeah. uh that's why I have really never followed sylvie, uh sylvie bullet's uh new twitter before uh they got banned wait what yeah remember uh, Sylvie's old account got banned and so she had to make a new one wait i was i thought it was a
0: continue. anyway this yeah. doesn't matter <laughs> 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 um <laughs> This is friends at the table nonsense. Um, I'd like to quickly shout out uh, on the topic of, of of non-physical coffees. I have a physical game in print.
3: <laughs>
0: I, I, yay! Yay! Uh, basically, I was approached a little while ago um, uh, by Ico mm-hmm. um, at the Lost Bay Games. Um, but I was basically just randomly approached because I made a game called Liminal Colossus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, essentially it is about what life is like once, once Godzilla has arrived and it's just walking through the city and you kind of live among that. And it's like, it's also like a rumination on, you know, life in a pandemic and life in a disaster and like life among these things. And it, it was designed to sort of like look at, uh, games like, you know, the, 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 the cosmic horror games, like for instance, liminal, um, liminal horror, um and uh and more problematic things like call of cthulhu uh where you basically play as investigators who have shotguns and and stuff like that who go after and usually solve a mystery by um shooting by fighting people and shooting shooting the the frog people and stuff like that and then this is more like okay what if you just lived in a city with these people what if you know these things are no longer secret these ne- things are no longer like hidden away you can play as these things um what is it like living in this city and so I have a bunch of things about like building up like infrastructure around living with this Kaiju who's sort of moving around um like the various districts get destroyed there's landmarks that you have to like kind of repair and take care of and yeah it was just this like nine page RPG that was that's since been adapted for this into a, a a systemless form so you can basically throw it into any game including dnd which i'm kind of curious i want to see what that is like even though i would never play but just like <laughs> what if you just throw it like a kaiju into any city you're playing in um i i'm a big fan of like blaze in the dark for instance and i would love a kaiju to appear in blaze in the dark and people deal with that mm. but yeah and and so yes yeah, so that's that's been uh it's currently in pre-orders now so if you go to at the lost bay uh, on twitter you should be able to find like various links um, about the fear bundle um it's also worth shouting out there is a lot of incredible um like one shots and mysteries and supplements for liminal horror and a bunch of other kind of horror games that i really like um and then also a shout outs to to thomas manuel um who launched a patreon for indie the Indie rbg newsletter uh which which i've shouted out on this podcast before but it is a really good um, newsletter talking about a lot of really cool games and stuff um selfishly uh thomas recently shouted out my own game uh, apocalypse road trip uh and so i was just like oh hell yeah and that's thanks very much but there's if you're looking for really good indie rpg um like tweets and resources and blogs and stuff thomas is incredible at gathering those things um, and is also the, uh, the the co-host, I believe, of the Yes Indeed, which is I-N-D-I-E apostrophe D, um, the Yes Indeed podcast, uh, which which Thomas recently inherited, uh, according to a tweet. And so if you go and look for Yes Indeed on Patreon, you should be able to support uh, the Indie RPG newspe- uh, newsletter and the Yes Indeed podcast for some really good stuff indie coverage so so shout out to thomas um who once again is one of the funniest people i've ever played with in a playtest um and yeah um anything else anybody
1: i have a horror movie podcast yes
0: yes please talk about that was in the questions um tell me about it Uh,
1: yeah i mean it's just it was kind of a pandemic podcast me and some friends just wanted an excuse to watch horror movies and then talk about them. And we were like, we might as well record. We don't take it super seriously. It's just a fun, chill time. If you like horror movie podcasts or horror movies, uh, and you want to give us a shot, um, we're casual obsession or casual horror pod on Twitter. Um, we're on like Spotify and everything else and pretty easy to find. We've got a good number of episodes, Hmm. um, covering a lot of different kinds of horror movies So feel free to check it out. I have a immediate bias for episode 31, Willy's Wonderland, because
2: I watched that (laughs) one.
3: I still haven't seen it!
1: Oh my gosh, that was such a funny troll that I did. Um, (laughs) I forget what exactly happened, but... Um, for some reason or another, I didn't watch the episode, watch the movie, <laughs> and I decided oh, to. Prank. <laughs> I decided to pretend to know what everybody was talking about and come up with like fake insights and things. Yeah, and so got through the entire episode, and then right at the end, I was doing my outro, and I was like, "Also, I didn't actually watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, you watched, a, you watched a different um, movie instead
2: said that you like showed what you're not." What your rating was to uh, the rest of the cast without saying it on the podcast.
1: Oh, maybe. It's been a while. Have you
0: played Five Nights at Freddy's? It's just that.
1: I never have, but I'm very oh. familiar <laughs> yeah. with it.
0: Uh, I'll check that out. I know, uh,
1: Nick Cage has some great dance scenes in, <laughs> in the movie. Oh, I'm oh, a huge God. Nick
0: Cage dance fan. He just
2: loves that pinball machine.
0: <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Uh, I was going to ask if you had like a favorite episode. Is is there any, any other ones you want to shout out, or is it <laughs> is that the best?
1: Uh, right now, we're doing Flannuary, mm-hmm. which uh, we've been watching a bunch of movies by Mike Flanagan. Oh, great! And so, Whomst I Love.
3: Um, yeah.
1: And we did an episode about Doctor Sleep uh, to kick it all off, and I think that was a very, very, very good episode. Mm. Um, so... If you're only going to watch one and you have seen Dr. Sleep or are curious about Dr. Sleep, um, I highly recommend that one. Okay. Oh, he's the person behind Midnight Mass. I need to finish that show. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's such it's a good, good show. All I remember is, uh, oh God, what's his name? The the cop. Oh, Raul Coley. Yeah, Raul. I just remember how much, just a series of tweets from him going, am I a dad? Is this a dad mod yes. for you? I'm like, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah you're... he's daddy. Yeah, you're hot. He's really fit. <laughs> you're... Th- isn't he really fit? He is super fit. He is yeah. he's, he's in good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but he's got dad vibes in that show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. He 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 plays a dad, I will say. Spoilers. He, he do. <laughs> um major spoilers. He has a son. <laughs> fuck. Spoilers to episode 1. Um but yeah, that's really cool, especially as I think you're like You're moving on, uh, you haven't done, um, what's it called? The Haunting of Hill House yet, which I, I liked, I think.
1: I love Hill House and Bly Manor a lot. I haven't seen, Bly Manor's Um, the
0: one that I started watching and I was just like, it felt different, so it's just like, I'll, I'll come back to this. It is different. Bly Manor, for me, is one that
1: while I was watching, I was like, I think I like, hill house more but yeah. when i finished blind manor i was like oh i like blind manor a lot more
0: i should stick with it
1: yeah all right um it's definitely one that i'd recommend finishing
0: okay i'll, I'll probably go back to that because I, I like literally everything else i've seen of his i just really enjoyed but yeah all right um so 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 that was inside the table a tabletop rpg talk show and thanks very much for listening i was marley you can find me at minor underscore lenahan on Twitter and. I think minor hyphen co- uh, Lenahan on co host and link ee slash minor underscore Lenahan for everything else. Um, and my pronouns are he, him. Um, and I was joined today by
2: Hello once again. I am Ice Cold Brew. You can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, uh, co host, Tumblr, Hive. That's all of them at Ice Cold Brew.
0: I forgot about Hive. I haven't used <laughs> Hive in forever. It's been a couple months. It's been a minute. Shoutouts to Hive, I guess. Shout
2: to Hive.
1: <laughs> I think it's still the safest alternative to Twitter, uh, if Twitter shuts down. I have twer-
0: any minute now we keep saying. When. Yeah. Um and and I won't I probably shouldn't say when 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 you have a Kickstarter to run and it's hard to do oh, the gosh, socials. <laughs> please no.
1: Please Twitter last until April. <laughs>
0: So, 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 and we have another person here. Who is Emma?
1: Ah, uh, hi, I'm Emma, also known as Emma Panada. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Emma Panada or at all the witches underscore. I use they, she pronouns, and it's been so fun being here. It's been it's lovely. I
3: really you.
0: enjoyed it. Yeah. And yeah, so you can also find this podcast on Twitter. We really focus on Twitter a lot. Twitter's very big. Twitter is big.
1: It's just yeah, it's yeah. It's a
0: it's a it's a terrible. It's where everybody is, yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 I mean, this is a podcast for four months ago, but mm-hmm. um, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Inside the Table uh, and co-host at Inside the Table. Uh, follow us on linkter.ee ee uh, slash Inside the Table and review on an Apple Podcasts. There's actually a handy uh handy a handy link in the in that link tree in order to find that. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to, to email them in chat, uh, at inside the table at gmail.com. Um, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, who should they recommend it to, Emma? We usually have something like a total stranger or something else. I think you should go
1: across the street to the old lady's house mm-hmm. that you've maybe waved at or given like a head nod to once.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, knock on her door. And say, Hey, you probably don't know what TTRPGs are, but you should listen to this podcast.
0: But then she takes out all her Warhammer and is like, this is what I've been waiting for. I've been looking for someone to play my Warhammer tabletop RPG for years. Um Absolutely. please join in. <laughs> I gotta paint these minis. <laughs> and then you
2: whip around and say, actually, would you like to play Brindlewood Bay?
0: Yeah. She's like, no, I only do the most violent (laughs) games, because that's what I'm into. I want to see what happens to the God Emperor on the throne. What's that about? God, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, every day is five-star Friday here at Inside the Table. If there's a game you like, go out and give it a five-star rating. And um, yeah, I think that's it for the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And have a lovely day. Goodbye! (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.
3: Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs> um, and I'll record it back up. Yeah, as well.
2: But yeah, more or less. If you've like ever listened to a Waypoint Radio, how they put like little yeah. extra bits at the end of the of the podcast, it's mm-hmm. basically what we do too.
0: Yeah, but basically the waypoint radio of Tabletops, so (laughs) it's no big deal. There you go. (laughs) That's
2: a big claim. I like it. Swing big. Hmm. (laughs) Oh,
3: God.
0: The the name is really funny because it's just like inside the actor's studio. It's like supposed to be very silly and pretentious, Mm -hmm. but it's just inside the table, which is just very fun to say. I love that Um, a lot. Yeah. Shout out to early two thousand television show, inside the actor's studio. Mm-hmm. Um. Ugh. Ugh. I'm gonna eat some toast. I'm gonna have that it on mic. It doesn't have to be recorded. So nice. live your truth. <laughs> live your mm. truth. Let's
2: put our minds together important. and see what life we can make for our children. Sitting bowl. <laughs> what do you quote. say?
0: That's oh, my oh, quote. Oh. time dot that was so weird out of context. <laughs> I'm like, I'm eating some toast. Like, let us, let us prepare for our children or whatever the fuck. Uh, always like
2: hearing just t- Marley's just because uh, he's in the future, technically.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to try and work this easily into conversation. All right, Marley, is, um, tell us about the future. Yeah, what does it look like? Well, you know, guys, Uh, to me, old age is always 10 years older than I am. Bernard Brauch. Bra- Brauch. Brauch? Brauch? You know. Are you saying actual words? Yes, while eating Sometimes toast, which is great recording. <laughs> <laughs> to me, old age is always ten years older than I am. Uh-huh, okay. How- uh, okay. I'm gonna find out who the hell this person is. Could I ask how old are you actually? I recently had a birthday, actually. Oh, happy birthday! Um, uh, thank you. Uh, I am 29 years old. How oh, fuck you hey, old? Same Still age. a baby. Yeah, we are. We know this. We've I talked forgot, about this okay. previously. I'm bad with numbers. <laughs> yeah. God. And and uh Bernard Baruch Baruch B A R U C H is an American financier and statesman. So cool. 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 That's yeah. Amazing. Guess his age.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Old enough. 10 years younger than an old person.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So 104. Oh, perfect. Wait, is he actually 104?
0: Well, he's dead, but he he died at age 94. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Got it.
2: I've already did my whole talk about Bloodborne PSX, right? Uh, What do you mean you want to talk about... Like, how cool it is, and then like the new Bloodborne cart that uh, uh, Lilith is working on at the moment. I mean, I know it. But yeah. we have a very special dance. And Have you checked out Bloodborne PSX?
1: Oh my gosh, I haven't. Couldn't you tell me? <laughs> I. How much is it? <laughs> what it's
2: $3.99. It's basically. Oh! So, so. <laughs> I love this new trend in uh, indie games going on right now where people will de make a. Like new generation game, one person did this as a April Fool's joke, but she basically took Bloodborne, uh, one of the the uh, cleric beast fight, and put it through a whole bunch of different renders to make it look like a PlayStation One game.
3: Oh, that's and then cool. she committed to
2: the bit hmm. and made a entire, like basically the entire first arc of Bloodborne into a PS One game with like additional story from the lore and like dug up bits from the background. That's awesome. And Oh, yeah. And now she's doing the next bit, which is she put out a uh, joke of the hunter driving a golf uh, motorcycle. It's like a Mario Kart vehicle. Mm. <laughs> and so, once again, she is committing to the bit and has been working on an entire fucking game
0: of Blood Bowl. There's also Kart. some kind of rabbit thing going on on oh, her yeah, no, Twitter. I'm not her, really uh, sure.
2: That's her fursona.
0: Okay. But she also has like a um, like a stuffed toy.
2: Oh, yeah. No, she just, right? just needs a plush.
0: Bootster? boster but zeros Botster. uh oh on a 110 one hold on b0 there we are. Bun-lith. bunlith mhm it's one of those things that just see a, a bunny and i'm like oh! yeah ooh i'm at
2: yeah i <clears throat> it, it's been like great enjoyment my fiance loves bloodborne and when she found out about this she kept telling me Mm-hmm. about the game and like wanted to play it and then the, you released a cooperative mode and
1: yeah that's so cool I've heard it's... so I'm terrible at Soulsborne games mm-hmm. um, but I've heard such good things about Bloodborne if it's ever actually like remastered or remade or anything I'll probably try it out just because mm-hmm. of like the reputation it has
2: yeah no it it's it's very much worth it, and there's there's rumors of like a remaster coming to PS5. And I think they might work on a
1: PC release too. Mm. I know people are praying for a PC release. Yes, and have been people... for a very long time. Yeah,
2: and my, it might take my longer. big way into.
0: Oh, uh,
2: I was gonna say it might take longer because now uh, FromSoft is currently working on Armored Core Six, which I'm mm. super excited for. Oh fuck yeah! Like my bid bods. All
3: uh,
0: right, you were saying, Marley? Now I'm now reading toast. <laughs> no, no, perfect timing. Um, um, it's also peanut butter. Oh, oh so it's like you like just like, in chew your in
1: mouth. Hmm. Uh,
0: my way into Bloodborne was watching two separate let's plays of it, and like I, whenever I play, I always get up to like the first area a little bit longer, and I'm like, this is so hard. Like there's like a, the opening bit, you like go down a street and there's like hundreds of people you have to kill and Mm -hmm. they're all running around a fire and they're shooting at you and all the rest of it. Um, and I got stuck on that the first time I played for four hours, literally the first area. And then, um, uh, but yeah, I watched Let's Plays of it and it's so much more relaxing. Just like seeing other people go through it, seeing other people suffer, and I'm just like, this is the best way to enjoy this game. Not having to play, but just sort of enjoying the drama of it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I will shout out that because that's that's honestly some of the best ways to experience some of the Souls games for me. Yeah. It's I'm
2: also like, just like know. a very gross game in general.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't like how it
0: looks. People very... always say it looks beautiful, it's ugly, <laughs> it's gross.
2: It's Victorian Gothic. So yeah.
0: I feel like but everything's compared... weird.
1: Yeah. Compared to like some of the other Souls games. I like the aesthetic it has better. I think, like overall, a lot of the Souls games are gross, <laughs> hmm. except for Elden Ring. Which except is great. Elden Ring no. is great. Yeah, Elden Ring very is great, pretty. but also has some very gross,
2: gross parts to it.
1: Yeah, and it's also <sighs> too damn big.
2: I stand by that statement.
0: It's too damn big in a really weird way. Like, uh, I got up to the... Like, I'm at the second last boss, and I just stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I've heard finished. other people say the same. Mm.
2: I still never finish. I might just go and make a new character, and instead of doing the strength will no, do something different. That will take,
0: that will take longer.
1: <laughs> for, like, some people... Yeah, for some people who enjoy, like, huge open world games, I think Elden mm. Ring is great for them. But I get distracted very easily. And then Same. I get distracted by shiny new games. And then I never go back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many games.
2: Technically, yeah, no. Technically, I need to complete four different games because I started Hi-Fi Rush, which I'll talk about later. I've started Forspoken, which I'll talk more about later.
3: Nice, um, nice. I
2: need to finish Pokemon Also, Rush. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited about Hi-Fi Rush. I should probably play more of that. Um, I need to finish Elden Ring. And technically, I'm on the cusp of being Bloodborne, but I want to finish the Chalice Dungeons, and they suck. Mm. So, I haven't really touched them at all.
0: God. Um. I gotta finish Fortnite. That's what I gotta finish.
1: (laughs) 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 Gotta get that, what is it, Victory Royale?
0: I got a Victory Royale. I got several of them. But the thing is, at the end of the Battle Pass, there's all these extra skins you can get, which aren't very good. They're just like the... Pre-existing skins that you already have, but you can like, oh, they're stars, or oh, it's golden, or something. Mm-hmm. And like, truthfully, I don't want them. I have no interest in having them. But I'm like, I gotta try. You know, I gotta, I gotta keep like doing my dailies mm. in order to get these things. And I'm like, I'm feeling my my love of Fortnite begin to wane. And I'm like, let it die, let it just go away, so I can be free of this burden. <laughs> let it die.
2: Um, <laughs> Fall Guys person next. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I gotta be Aloy in
2: Full in, in Full Guys. <laughs> there you go. I forgot they had that as a skin. I love it. it do they? Okay. Yeah, I think I, I know pretty they had sure. Shot of
0: War. Yeah. Okay.
2: You can be Aloy in a lot of different games now that I think about it. Uh you hey, can Fortnite. be Aloy in Genshin Impact.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, oh you can be Aloy in Full Guys. Yeah. Finally. Call me a liar? <laughs> Uh, I just think it's just a very stupid idea, <laughs> but I love it.
2: You know, got to make money, got to sell the skins, got to get the get get those V bucks or uh, mm. whatever they call them in uh, Fall Guys. Uh,
0: they are called tokens. Got to get them tokens. <sighs> I believe. Yeah, bless you.
3: Bless you. you. <coughs>
0: I have one more bite of my toast left and then I'm then I'm I'm ready to record and ready to get started. Okay. But I have air conditioning on, so I'm just like Do you know how like the temperature changes suddenly? Like it goes from being really hot to really cold and your nose just goes like, Oh, I guess I'm gonna sneeze now because this is this cannot be done. hmm That's where I'm at. I've never had that Tell. happen in my life. Well, welcome to my world, you know? <laughs> All
3: right.
0: I always love the quiet bits of the podcast because it's so satisfying just cutting out like five minutes and just like, ah, oh, I don't even need to worry about it. I don't need to ca- audio correct it. I don't need to do anything like that. It's just done.
3: It's the best yeah. thing.
0: Um, so I am excited for this bit. <laughs> so shout outs to that future me. Cut in a lo- another future you segment. i just you're very well past me. And, like... I have to edit. I did that last time and I had to like change the volume, like the... the mess around
3: with the audio so it sounded different and i'm like not doing that again um unless i do